What's up? Thank you for tuning in to the Private Suite Magazine interview series. As always, I'm Indy Advant, and today we're joined by a gentleman that goes by the name of Power PC Me. Very interesting musician, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm doing really good. How was your day? Uh, it's pretty good. I was at work, came home, hung out for a little bit. Usual stuff. What? Yeah. What? Where do you work? I'm kind of just like in between, like doing jobs and stuff. But right now, I'm at this place that uh, builds these science kits for elementary schools. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I like I build like bags and and stuff with like random stuff for experiments and stuff, and I'll put them in kits. That's pretty much it. That sounds that sounds like fun. It actually is kind of fun. It's um, it's nice because. I get to put earphones in and I get to listen to music or podcasts. Usually listen to podcasts for like seven hours straight and just like count things pretty much is my job. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you can get like creative with it, sort of. Sometimes I think about it. Sometimes I think about like maybe recording some of the stuff I'm putting into bags and like incorporating it into a, a song or something, but sample it. Yeah. Yeah, sample it. <laughs> I, I don't though because it would be weird if I brought in a microphone to work. <laughs> yeah, like hey kids, hope your parents are okay with this. <laughs> well, well, there's no actual kids in the the facility, but oh. just I think my coworkers would just be like, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> it's vaporwave. Get with it. <laughs> Figure it out. I actually had to explain vaporwave at work once, and it was really weird. Oh yeah, that's one of my questions. But uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it, dude. What's what, what what how did you do it oh how do i explain it all right yeah so to start off basically what happened was um for a while i was i was like a temp employee and i would just wear t-shirts to work because it's kind of like in a warehouse it's a bit dirty so it doesn't really matter if you like wear nice clothes or anything it's not like anyone else in the office is going to see you all that often so yeah I, running shoes whatever yeah exactly i just get comfortable go to work mm-hmm. so I was wearing a Basement Labs t-shirt, and basically, uh, Basement Labs is, is a fantastic uh, VHS label down in New York City, and um, they uh, they gave me a t-shirt, and it, it just says Basement Labs in, like, big block letters on the t-shirt, and I think someone asked me, they were like, what, what's the t-shirt, man? And I, I, and I was like, oh, it's a VHS, like, label and they released like music and stuff on vhs and they were like what (laughs) like really confused because obviously you know a lot of these guys haven't heard of vhs ever or or, or some of them are younger so they yeah probably haven't even seen vhs tapes i mean some of them have too and they're like why are you even doing anything with vhs tapes and so uh i had to had to start from the bottom (laughs) yeah it's like obviously if you're wearing the shirt you consume them not only do you but you've you represent the, the VHS tapes with the shirt. Exactly. And so from there, it was kind of like a springboard. And they were like, well, why do people still buy VHS tapes? And and uh, I went down the rabbit hole. I think eventually my boss pulled up. I think I told him to just type in Vaporwave on YouTube or something. And he pulled up uh, the uh, Macintosh Plus floral shop. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty much Vaporwave. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was, it was. He was like, "Yeah, I dig it," and I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." It was pretty much it right there. <laughs> that's amazing. Did you show him any actual like good? Not that it isn't good, but you know, it's that's a typical. Yeah, it's the the go to. I yeah. 
I, I told him he could check out my album and uh so I showed him Kmart and uh I don't know if he liked it or not. We never really <laughs> talked about Vaporwave again after that. Oh no. <laughs> you must have been so confused. First the BHS yeah. and now Mall Soft. Like <laughs> Yeah. It it went very deep very fast, but you know what? That's kinda how Vaporwave is, so Yeah. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Well, I was spreading the gospel earlier today or just before the interview and I you know, I was trying to explain it and I was like, you know what? It might be worth trying many different types of vaporwave and then almost in a way that someone can tell you what kind it is so that you know, okay, that wasn't for me, but I can there might be other stuff out there. Cuz I exactly, find yeah. people write it off too easy and then we're lucky if they come back to it. Usually when they come back, they'll stick around, but yeah, that's an, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like kind of feeling out how they feel about a certain album or a certain song. And they could be like, well, Oh yeah, you know, you should check this out and that out. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Usually for people who, who like ask about it and are very interested in it, I'll be like, yeah, for sure. Check this, this and that out. And I'll give them like a good list of albums and, and they'll come back and be like, yeah, I like this and that. And I'll be like, all right, check this out. That's usually yeah. how it goes, but when I'm at work, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to sit here and tell you about Vaporwave for too long. It's just, <laughs> it's so, it's so, like, you forget when you're in the world of Vaporwave that if, to us, it's not really that weird, but to everyone else, it's just really strange to describe it. Yeah, it's like you say something and then you you listen back to what you said and you're like, hey, wait, let me t- take that another way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just keep exactly like, no wait that doesn't explain it well either hmm exactly and i'll go yeah. back to home and i'll think about it like did i explain that right did i say that right <laughs> do they get it yeah you never know yeah we need someone to like write an official like lesson or something because there's a whole bunch of videos on it on on uh, youtube but they all don't necessarily invite you that well you know like we were just talking about finding the yeah. right sound for each person. And I think that needs to happen. Like there, maybe there, someone could write up like a Python script, put it on a website. That's like, if you like seventies R and B click on this, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Actually, that would be really sick. Like a flow chart almost of vaporwave. Well, we have, yeah, like a, yeah, exactly. There is the one uh, lucid, Archive, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I think I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you're at your computer, just Google that. Yeah, I think that's it because it's a beautiful website. And I actually haven't talked about it on this podcast, likely because I figure everybody knows about it. But if you don't, um, loose. Are you googling it right now? Is that the yeah, right? Yeah, I am. Is that it? Lucid Let Archive. Let me check. Oh God. Lucidarchive.com. Let's see. Already tell it's a nice looking website. It's loading. Yeah, it takes uh, a long time to load. That's gonna be it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, then I mentioned nice. this is it. Okay, I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's just it's a beautiful checkerboard full of all of the top albums from each year, and you can sort it different ways how you want. All the big boys are there. All the small one, uh, not all the small ones, rather all the um, uh, uh, genre types. Like you can sort by genre and. It, oh, wow. it's just incredible you can really get lost there like i've not come close to completing 
it. And that's a goal of mine as um, a researcher, fan, interviewer, you know? Oh, wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, dude, Endless Summer isn't on here. Oh, Thumbs God. down, dude. <laughs> I Kmart's I... on here, though. Okay, good. There, I don't think all of the guides are... You know how there's like Vaporwave Guide, Vaporwave yeah, Ultra no. Guide, Vaporwave Essential Guide, New Vapor yeah, Guide? Yeah. I don't think it has all of them, but I thought I saw one of yours on there. At the Endless yeah, Kmart's summer. on here. It, it, it's The thing is, I don't think Endless Summer... Uh, I don't think it really hit for a lot of people. And so it didn't get it's, on any of those uh, end of the year yeah, lists, but it's whatever. I, when I first saw it, because you know I've been following you for a while, but that came out when right around the time I first discovered you, I think maybe like six months later, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was by you. And really? I was like, this is Synthwave, I think. It's got a synthy vibe to it. When I, but then I listened to the whole record, and I was like, okay, it's kind of riding the edge, and that could be part of it like it's doesn't please the synthwave community fully but it's not vapor like, yeah so completely. i i have in my head i have this idea of, of of it and why it's like that so it's such a massive departure from kmart and it's so different and to be honest endless summer is like my it is my music when i when it when in terms of like not so sample based stuff yeah this is the stuff i'd make and it's yeah. it's you're getting like a piece of of really what I make. Like Kmart is obviously like a piece of me and some and stuff that I make and stuff that I love to hear personally. But Endless Summer was like this is my music, and I I think it kind of like split up a couple people up, but it is what it is. Well, if you haven't heard Endless Summer, definitely check it out. It's got a beautiful aesthetic to it. I think the, the name Endless Summer is such a synth name too, and the the yeah. sunset. It's like. Oh, the cover is so sick. I love the yeah. cover. My my buddy Dino made that. He also made the Kmart cover and I just I he he every time he does a cover, I just like okay, it's it's good. Like usually we go back and forth. That Endless Summer, he made maybe seven or eight different covers for it, and I was just like, you got to change this. I don't really like that. And then it, he that one came up and I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly it. Nice. So how, how, Dino, how how do you know him? Dino's in the community. He's um Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. He he has a website. It's if you look at, I think it on like the Kmart band camps and stuff. His his stuff is on there. Uh, I could pull it up later if you want to put up links. But uh, so basically, how I got to know him was I ma- I made the Kmart album, and I started following people on Twitter in like 2016, and I I stumbled across Lost Angles, and I was like, Yo, check out this album I I made. Uh, maybe you guys would like to release it on cassette. And the Los Angeles guys were like, hell yeah, we totally would like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this really shitty cover for it initially, which actually you can still look at the the basis of the original cover. There's an uh, imager link in the, the track titles of Kmart. And that link goes to a picture. And that picture was the like the bare bones of the original cover. It was a super bad cover. Yeah, that's, and... meta. that's so meta, bro. Number <laughs> yeah, 17, right? I think, right? Pace band. Yeah, or not? It's not the pace spin. It's the it's literally an Imgur link or Imgur link. There's I don't remember YouTube which one. Right. The pace, the pace spin. Oh, number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight. That, I'm and that pulled up here. Yeah, that's that. That was the uh, initial cover, the original one. That's so cool! Wow. And it was like they were like, "Uh, do you want to maybe get some new art for?" It? And I was like, "I'm totally open to it because <laughs> it was just some art that I slapped together because I." 
I didn't know like this is when I was first getting into it like I've been making music up to up up at that point for like maybe seven or six years or something like that I'm almost at a decade now of making music and like the, the math probably doesn't add up but uh and I never had released an album I was just experimenting a lot of the time and this was the first album I, I was ever releasing like so I just I, I came up with an album cover and I was like I'm, I'm releasing this I'm just gonna do it mm-hmm. and it it didn't come to fruition with that cover obviously and so they're like all right we'll just we'll get you a new cover i guess they knew dino somehow and uh he came back with that with that kmart cover like like two weeks after or something like that and i was like this is sick it's so sick and they're like all right perfect let's do it like i think that original one was just like straight up the first thing he came up with and it was like perfect like i didn't have nothing needed to be changed Mm mm-hmm I'm just looking at the original cover now. I don't think it's that bad. It looks like a pixelated, uh, looks like a bong shop almost. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right? No, this is actually from a Kmart ad that I found on YouTube. And I took like the screenshot and I added like a gradient to it on Photoshop. The, so is the real picture of this look normal? Yeah, it would look normal. It would look like a, like a VHS recording. I bet someone could find this on YouTube for sure. Mm. If you just look up Kmart ads. Mm-hmm. It's it certainly looks unreal. Yeah, yeah. This is this is um. It was like a render in the commercial itself. It's not like a real. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I see. It's got the floral shop uh, checkerboard on the floor as well. It it does. Subtly. You know, I didn't even realize that honestly until you just pointed it out. Yeah, I just noticed. Well, I'm yeah, looking look at, at it that. for the first time, right? So, and also it was uh, secret schools. Secret Schools, yep, that's his uh, name online. I literally only know him as Dino because we've just been chatting for years. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna follow him for sure. Yeah, he's fantastic. I recommend if anybody needs art done, like he's the one to go to. Nice. Well, shout out to him, Secret Schools slash Dino, and shout out to um, Sterling Campbell and Josh Starkey from yes. Lost Angles. Love them, love them. They're so great. Like. First of all, massive shout out to just Los Angles in general. Like there's no other label as has helped me down for this many years, like and has like been there for me. I, I feel like a lot of labels sometimes aren't there for the you know, the producer and whatnot. These guys were there for me at at all times. Like I love them so much. Like Josh, we're, uh since we're going to Electronicon and stuff, he actually needed an extra ticket and I, I hooked him up because I had I had one more that I bought I bought an extra ticket that was for like just in case, and I hooked him up with one because oh, I damn. love him that much, and I want him to be there so bad. What a guy! So you, yeah, you're you're excited for Electronicon, I imagine. Do you have any plans uh, for what you want to do while you're there? I'm so excited. I usually I go to New York City once a year, pretty much, because I live about three or four hours away, and um, I usually don't get the chance to. So mm. Electronicon is my one chance. So last year we had a show. Uh, it was the Basement Labs guys. So it was Mike from Basement Labs, uh, Shima, uh, and Jack, Lucid, Lucid Dream System, Lucid, what's his name? Lucid Sound System, I think, or something like that. Um, he, he came through, he was there for a festival, and he came through, and, and uh, a lot, like my set kind of messed up, and his set kind of messed up. And um, so it was like, sort of like a hat like no one really came to the show anyway so it didn't matter but it was still sick to just be there and like what what i recall most was just 
after the show it was like 12 a.m and we were just like it was in a bar so we were just kind of kicking the shit for a little bit and we were just talking about vaporwave and i never got to do that in real life with people and it was so sick to do mm-hmm. it was just oh, nuts it was amazing like josh and sterling live near me oh sick yeah and um waterfront dining's here metaprise uh Kelly from Adhesive Sounds. We got a lot of people here in Toronto. So I'm, my apologies if I'm forgetting anybody. Oh, Crunk Chris. Oh my! And it was, it I was know lucid. everybody. I know everyone you just mentioned. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> got, we're in Canada. We're all we're all about spreading the love, the vapor love. And everyone you just mentioned, by the way, are all fantastic people who I've interacted with at least once or twice, and they're all great. For sure. If you remember any of the names I said, go say hi. They're exactly. fantastic. It was Lucid Sound Driver, by the way. My Lucid, apologies. I was so close. I said like Lucid Driver or something like that. It, I was well, so there's close. a virtual sound system. There's exactly. that. That's a thing. You're right. No, I was thinking. I know it was Lucid something. Yeah, but Dri- he he was at, he was at the show and he's great too. He's hilarious. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came with his girlfriend and they were like for there for a festival or something, and like his his like flash drive didn't work on the on the XDJ and it was like it was a thing, but it was like whatever, dude. We're just here to hang out, and we hung out, and it was great. Nice. It was just nice. It was nice to be able to be in person with people and talk about vaporwave because it's, it's it's it is it is inherently a thing that lives online. So to be able to do it with people in person is really cool. You can tell we want to meet each other badly because of how many emojis we use as a community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. we're all trying to like convey our emotion for one another. I don't usually use that many emojis when I'm just. T- typing to random people like my friends i've met on irc over the years whatever my mm-hmm. family my friends whatever um it's like text text just doesn't do it and 90 percent of the time we're all communicating over discord and twitter over text sometimes we hop on voice chats here and there but yeah it's like yeah, it's six to text it's six to like threads on twitter like having full conversations even in person is so much different i'm bringing um zoom and camera and all kinds of stuff because I'm going to be reviewing the show and covering it and I might just record my every conversation I have with everybody just so I can really you should you should bring several SD cards like (laughs) document everything I have I have a um I have a Tascam DR40 and I was like should I bring this just to like just to record as much cool shit as I possibly can I think I I think I am I think we should bring it and just like There's, throw it like everyone on everything. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. And for anyone who can't make it, this is just the beginning. You know. Yeah, like this is the tip of the iceberg. Like th- this year, I wasn't I wasn't on the Electronicon uh uh bill, but trust me, next year I'm going for it. We're gonna get awesome. there. <laughs> Sweet. We're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I hope so. So what do you kind of do for fun? Like, who are you? What What are you interested in other than the vaporwave? Um, that's a really good question. And so I, I guess it wouldn't surprise anybody. I'm into like vintage electronics. Um, any, anything that's like old or maybe I, I remember from my childhood, like I like repairing it. I like restoring it. Uh, repairing computers and stuff is something I really like doing. Like, uh, like at, at work is at work, 
like next to the 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 place where where I work, which is like kind of like a warehouse. There's the IT center, and they throw out like a bunch of like older laptops all the time. And I go to the dumpster and I straight up just like pick for laptops, bring them home, and I repair them for fun. Like give them to your friends, set up little servers here and there. Exactly, dude. That like like I just I just brought one home today. It was actually super sick. It has like an i3 in it. Like it's not too old. Like I just installed Linux on it, and it works great. So nice. Ubuntu yeah, or, or Mint? I actually put Elementary OS. Uh, oh, cool. I like Elementary OS just because it's super mm-hmm. simple. It's easy to get running. And, like, I think I'm going to give that laptop to my brother. Like, if it plays Netflix, it's good, you know? Yeah. Um, so beyond that, also, uh, yeah, just, like, vintage computers and stuff. I Like, it's no surprise my name is basically based off of, like, old computer stuff. Like, this is stuff that I really love. This is stuff that I do every day in and out. Mm-hmm. I, I, like any free time I have, I'll try to do something with older electronics if I can find something, if someone gives me something. That's just something I love doing. Beyond that, though, uh, I love like audio stuff, so vinyl turntables. Um, computer security stuff I'm really into. That's something I, I, I want to go to college for and actually do as a career. Nice um, cybersecurity, pen- penetration testing, and all that. Yeah, I love it. It it all that fascinates me. Like, um, I'm really into researching, like old phone freaking stuff, which I love so 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 much. What does that like, mean? I have several. I've books. never heard that expression. Oh, so phone freaking is like, uh, it basically is about t- using the telephone for something it wasn't intended for. Oh. By, like stuff that was already in place. So back in the day, you there got used the to be hacker these guys. mindset, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I I love stuff like that. So basically, back in like the the late sixties, there was just a group of guys who would um who would just play on the telephone. They would they would whistle different tones into the telephone. They figured out what tones gave you free phone calls. Like it was a whole thing, and it's the whole history of it is so fascinating to me, and I love it so much. You're talking and, like uh, early phone like you know yeah yeah yeah. this is when when they first got uh like actual automatic like phone switching systems like around that that time they had it for a while before these guys started really getting into it but when it was really straight up all automated these guys started figuring out how everything worked and it was it was just sheer ingenuity and just curiosity that drove them Mm -hmm. and they just love it wasn't it was never nefarious for them it was always about just learning more which i love and that that kind of mentality, like that, I love that. That's what I. That's why with music too, you like you want to try doing things with stuff. It sort of wasn't intended for you. Like making music that sort of wasn't meant to be like. Like vaporwave is slowing down music that no one really intended you to do, and that that just that just gives me a whole wonder of, of stuff in my head that I just love so much. Cool. So old technology, old computers, and music. That's that's what you're about. That's pretty much it. That's, no, that's I'm sure there's more stuff I'm missing out and not remembering or I just haven't done it in a while or something. But yeah. That's pretty much it. Those are the mainstays. Mm-hmm. So when did you first like get into music and realize it was a thing that you were really into? You know, some people are just, they listen to it because it's on. And then there's other people who research it and put on their favorite albums and buy it. Uh, when did you start doing all of that? And maybe some groups that you were into growing up that's a really good question and it's that's that's a deep question and it's gonna have a very drawn out answer so i hope you're ready for it but um, my body is ready (laughs) 
So I think where I really started to notice music was I'd say in like 2002, maybe I was really young, but at the time I had a computer. I'm pretty sure it was either 2002 or 2003. I had a computer, I had internet, uh, like, which is bananas. I can't believe my dad gave me internet when I was that young. But nice. <laughs> I had sounds it like a computer cool ran, guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> it ran a Windows Millennium Edition, and so like I would come home from school, I'd like watch TV, and I think one of the most notable moments from from that era was like I was watching Toonami. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, we had and, Teletoon uh, here, but I know of it. Right, right. So I was watching Toonami, and they they had like this music, this block of music where they play music videos that were like animated. And so I specifically remember this time when they played the Gorilla songs, which were animated. I forgot uh, from which albums those Gorilla songs were. Oh, cool, man. And, yeah, and those which I love those Gorilla songs. But also, they played parts of Interstellar 5555 from Daft Punk. Yeah. Um, And the music on that blew my fucking mind straight up. It was like a life-changing experience. I was like, what is this? What is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Getting shivers. Yeah, like I I was like, this is amazing. This is fantastic. I I have no idea what this is, but I want to know more. And so like, I went on my computer, I think the next day or something, and I looked up Daft Punk. And I, like, Google was super rudimentary at this time. It was, like, barely anything. When you Google Daft Punk at this time, it barely brought up anything. Uh, when you, uh, I also, I, I think I pirated the music. I had, like, Kazaa or something. And so you, you go, you type in Daft Punk. Sometimes you get a virus. Sometimes it'd be, like, porn or something. But <laughs> yeah, you, anything with the word Daft Punk? You download it. That's pretty much what I did. I downloaded it. And see what you get. It, exactly. So, like, uh, for example, one thing where it isn't Daft Punk, but it had Daft Punk in it, uh, LCD Sound Systems, Daft Punk is playing at my house. Oh, yeah. So the first time I heard that song, I love that song. To this day, I, I love that song. But I, I I only found it because they put the word Daft Punk in the title. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much where I started, like, really paying attention to music. And I started downloading like all types of music, Daft Punk and like all that stuff. But it wasn't really like I would download popular music. I wasn't really that hard into music. Uh, it wasn't till later on that I really started getting into music. This So all this happened when I used to live. I used to live in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, once once I moved from there in like 2000, I want to say 2008, uh, I moved to upstate New York and um I really didn't start getting into music until my cousin who was in Baltimore, uh, he, he was like, Oh, you should, you should try making beats. And I was like, what do you mean? You can just do that. He's like, yeah, you can do that. Look, there's a software called FL studio. I think it was called fruity loops back then. Fruity loops. He was like, yeah, he was like, get it. You should try it. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I like downloaded it and I just, I, I like played with it for a little bit and I was like, okay, this is whatever. I don't really care. And so, and it wasn't until I moved up up here, I didn't have internet for like, I want to say like five months 
is something like that. Like it was before my, my parents had bought a house and stuff. We were kind of just staying in an apartment. It didn't have internet. What a like tease was, getting internet so young and then stripped away. Right. Yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this sucks so much, but I guess I was so young. Like it really didn't matter. I no. just like had my imagination. I had, had a, my, my computer and I had like a shitty laptop. And so I was like, uh, I guess I'll just try this FL studio thing again. So you're what? Like 10. At that time, I must have been like eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. I, I'd say, and I was I just started like messing around with FL Studio. I was like, okay, this shit is kind of cool. This is cool. You can make music, and I I didn't understand anything about what I was doing, but it was still fun. Yeah. Um. But when you open up FL Studio, you're greeted by that preloaded, uh, uh, the song. Song like it's just like whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just shows you. It's yeah, like, it's sick. You you hit play and you're like, whoa, this is. Sick. Yeah, I you had no idea that. what was going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you end up being more impressed by that by by instead of anything you make. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I eventually started just like messing with like the drum sounds, like what everybody does. You start messing with the synthesizer and stuff like that. I didn't really understand what was going on, but I just kept doing that. Nice. But it wasn't until a couple years later, until I started getting like really serious, and so I'd say around like. 2010 is when I really started getting serious with music stuff. I I picked it back up after like I, I started really getting into music. Like started listening to Aphex Twin. I started listening to all this stuff. Like I, like every day was me learning new music that I hadn't known before. Because mm-hmm. I think it was around the time too when like Reddit was getting big too, and you can go on the electronic music subreddit and everyone was recommending stuff as well. And that was just a solo thing for you and you alone, or did you have friends that you were kind of exploring the genres with? No, that was just me. Like a lot of, yeah, like up here is kind of secluded. Like I was probably one of the only kids who really liked like weirder music. Retro, yeah. I, I wasn't really getting into that until like probably, probably like sixth grade or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, w- I would start getting into like Aphex Twin and more Daft Punk like stuff, things like that. Justice, Justice. Yeah, I didn't. When did I start hearing Justice? I guess it was around that time too. Yeah. Um, my timeline's probably all messed up. My brain, like, I barely remember things. <laughs> but so I was getting into all that shit, and I didn't get start get really getting into making music until I picked it back up. I had, I think, I downloaded a software called Mixcraft. And Mixcraft like had pre-made loops, and you can like drag and drop like these loops into the into the thing. You're like, whoa, sick! Look, I'm making a hip hop beat, but really, it's not anything good. It's like pre-made loops you just toss in. <laughs> um, but that still intrigued me. I was like, this shit, this is so cool. And so, eventually, I got back into FL Studio, and I started making some stuff. And you can find a lot of these early tracks. I'm about to drop a gem right here. I don't think many people, if anybody in the Vaporwave community would know this, yeah. but if you look up Modman, M-O-D-M-A-N on SoundCloud, that will bring you to my first SoundCloud, Sick. my very first SoundCloud account. And like, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there's probably some stuff that like isn't there anymore, but most of that stuff is like original, like super hot garbage, <laughs> like the beginnings. And you can literally listen as every year the, the, the little songs that I would put on there just experimenting it sort of got better every single year nice I love um, that yeah it's like a straight up progression <laughs> mm-hmm. but I so I started with FL Studio and then eventually like I was into like Dead Mouse super hard my friend recommend, recommended me Dead Mouse and I was like yo this is sick 
and I started listening to a lot of Dead Mouse, and I saw he used Ableton, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop using FL Studio, and I'm gonna start using Ableton. I'm, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna learn it. And so I downloaded it. I think I had Ableton Live Seven at the time, and I was like, this is this is it. I'm learning this. So from then on, like everything on that SoundCloud, it's pretty much all Ableton stuff. Just me learning Ableton. Do you remember which song was the one your first one from Ableton? Let me pull up the SoundCloud. Let me double check for you because I don't know which one it would be. Mm -hmm. Just because you're describing the journey and it'd be interesting to see if there's a shift in character sort of. Yeah, for sure. Let me, let me double check. Oh my God. This is all hot garbage. Eight years ago. Nice. I was talking to someone about their hot garbage one time and that they should sample it oh it was r infinity i think he had a f- when he was in grade school um they had these old shitty computers and there was a piece of software on there that was just like you know beat making or sound making mm-hmm. like a daw mm-hmm. a shitty daw and he yeah. still has the floppy that his teacher let him take home with all of his tracks no on it way. three years worth of tracks or something i'm like dude you have to use that that's so sick. Like, it's floppy. No, I, he never yeah. lost it. It didn't break. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that needs to be archived and saved and, and actually done something with, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I'll yeah. check in with him to remind him. Yeah, for sure. Remind him. I want to hear that. Absolutely. Like, that sounds so sick to me. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say probably whatever the first track is i know there was probably some other tracks there but they're not there anymore i think that last track is like one of the first things i've made in ableton it might not be the very first thing but it's probably some of the first stuff i made yeah okay so last yeah track. for so sure after that you made you switched over after the one track yeah yeah well after probably a couple of tracks i just right, slowly stopped using removed. fl okay yeah 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 um but yeah, a lot of these tracks, I'm I'm sure there's way more tracks that I made, but I just never like exported and uploaded. Mm. Um, but a lot of these tracks, for the most part, is stuff that I was into and in, in making at the time. There's like some really stupid shit on here. I will say that. <laughs> um, we love the stupid shit. Yeah, don't make fun of me too much for what's on here, but it 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 definitely is my history. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, you're gonna get a wall um, of Twitter messages, dude. Your shit sucked. i'm mentally preparing myself right now yeah (laughs) but uh yeah no that was the beginnings and pretty much since then it's like it's just been a just been going up and up and up there was there was a point three years ago is when i pretty much switched over to not using this soundcloud account anymore and just straight up only using power pc me um and i'd say everything on power pc me is just like obviously it's the most recent stuff it's probably going to be my best stuff yeah. That reason, but there's some stuff on here that are absolute gems. I will say there's a song on here on here called Transmit, and it's like if you like Boards of Canada, you should check this one out. Like, oh sweet, this is it's my absolute. This is one, this is one of my favorite tracks to this day uh, that I've made. I really like this one. You should you should um, mix remix it and master it. Not remix, but mix it again and master it. <sighs> I kind of want to. Yeah. I wish I had. I don't know if maybe if I dig deep enough, I could probably find the live set for it, but. Oh Man, yeah, that'd be sick. Stems, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stems for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll see what I can do. I'll try. I'll try to dig it up. Yeah. Did you ever? Do you have? Do you play any instruments, or did you ever try picking any up? Um, I don't play any instruments, 
but along the way I've learned to play piano pretty sort of decently. Like I know a lot of the theory behind it just, just from virtue of learning it and doing it every single day. I, I wouldn't call myself a master or anything or anything like that, but I could, if I needed to jam out with some people, I could do it. I could hold my own probably. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you're not, I'm not like Beethoven or anything like that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. There's not really any other instruments that I, that I know. I know the DAW very well. That's the instrument I know very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I can play the computer. I can play the computer. Exactly. Next time someone <laughs> asks me, I can play the computer. Yeah. I play my laptop pretty good. <laughs> um, and so when did you, when and how did you discover Vaporwave? This is a good story, actually. Um, so my friend was, he, my friend Bobby, shouts out to Bobby. He's probably going to listen to this. Uh, he's also coming to Electronicon, so you're going to get to meet him. Bobby, uh, he, he recommended I check out Floral Shop. Like, like this is probably when it just started getting popular on the internet. I want to say in like 2015 mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, you should check it out. I'm like, no way. I'm not checking that out. He's like, it's like Plender Phonics and stuff. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not checking that out. And he was like, you should check out uh echo jams. I was like, I'm not checking that out. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I was just like, I'm just, I'm not checking that out. I'm above that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then one day I was like, I'm going to check out echo jams. Fine. I'll do it. Oh my God. Did that blow my goddamn mind. I, nice. I listened to it once and I was like, I don't get it. But at the same time, on a more real sense, I really do get it. <laughs> um, do you remember like where you were when you heard it? Um, I had it on my phone or my iPod or something at school, in high school. And like, I was just listening to it. Like I was going through the halls and like just listening to it. And it was like, every listen I did, every pass, the shit started to make more and more sense to me. And it started to really, really hit me really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, it's effort. Cause when it gets introduced to you, it's like, oh, it's a joke. It's like you're, you're sampling like these 80s songs and stuff. But with Echo Jams, it was something different. It was like, I don't even know how, how I can describe the feeling. Like, I, this is so dramatic, but like, I love Echo Jams so much because he's literally taking one of Tricks Point Ever is literally taking the best parts of those songs and just looping it over and over again. That's it. And there's something about hearing the best parts of the songs, like the juiciest parts of the songs over and over again, that just puts you in a complete trance that are unbelievable to me. To this day, I just love it so much. Um, I like listen, I listen to it to this day and it's, it always brings me back and just thinking about it in high school. Like, cause at a moment after like my fifth listen, I went to my friend Bobby and I was like, dude, this is, incredible this is so good mm-hmm. it's like a whole new level of ambient music that i didn't think was possible like and and i would classify echo jams and mall soft and stuff like that i'd say it's pretty much i i call it sample based ambient music like it's it's putting you in a trance it's it's putting you in a different state of mind a different place and it's it's always really hitting that way and this sounds so dramatic and pretentious but i i love that album so much and it really means so much to me but i digress uh, so no, that's that's a great story. Like Chuck Person or One O Tricks Point Never is what his official name is. I think. Yep. Yep. Um, he's like he reminds me of Brian Eno, sort of. Exactly. Like, he's he he did what Brian he did for Vaporwave. What Brian Eno did to Ambient, 
mm-hmm. with, with music for airports. Like that echo jams draws the line for me. Like people want to say floral shop was like the beginning of vaporwave, but like echo jams is the line drawn. I think even Vectroid was inspired by echo jams. If my, if my mental story is correct about vaporwave, mm-hmm. she was, she was, uh, uh, she was inter- introduced to the style because of that. She like heard that and was like, oh, I can make this. And then she made floral shop and literally created a whole thing. Like, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not downing on, on Floor Shop. Floor Shop's an incredible album, and she she literally foraged a whole genre with that, which blows my mind to this day. Which I met her in person, and she's amazing. She's so so dope to be around. Like I love her so much. But, oh um, damn! I'd love to meet her. Where did you meet her? This is a good story. This is the first time I met Mike from uh, from Basement Labs. So she was having a show near, like sort of near me. She was having it in Bard Miss College. Brooklyn? No, no, no. Bard College in like near Albany, New York. Oh, yeah. It was like this low-key show. George Clanton was playing. Negative Gemini was playing. And Vectroid oh, was playing. And so we were, me, and, me and Bobby were like, we have to go to this. Uh, I was talking to her manager at the time, Liz, who's a super OG. I, I haven't seen her in a while. I don't know what happened to her Twitter and stuff. But mm. uh, I, was, I was DMing with her and I was like, yo, is there any way that me and my friend can go to this show. Like, can you pull some strings? Like, is there going to be a ticket? Like, do you have to be a college student to get there? And so she was like, yeah, I can get you in. No problem. You sh- just go tell them who, who you are and that they, you, you're coming for me. And like, you'll, you'll get a no problem. I was like, all right, fine, let's do it. And so we embarked on the trip. We, we actually stayed at my friend's dorm. He lives, he used to uh, go to college in Schenectady, New York. And uh, it was sort of close by. So we were like, all right, we'll stay with you. So, we we did it's like an hour away from here so we drove the hour we stopped at my my friend's college we dropped our stuff off and then we we drove to the to bard college which was kind of weird getting there um it's kind of like in back roads and stuff and then when you get there it was like dark and stuff and we we were like fuck where do we go <laughs> so it's a college campus like we don't know where the fuck we're going it sounds it's, like a vaporwave atmosphere it really it really was so we get to this parking lot and someone, I think this girl was like, she was just like pulling through and we we're like, Hey, can you help us out? We, we have no idea where we're going. We're supposed to go to like this show that's happening. And she's like, Oh yeah, I can bring you guys hop in my car. Just this random girl. She was so nice. I, I completely forgot her name, but she drove us right up to the, to where it was at. And it was kind of chilly that night too. So it was like, Oh, thank God she drove us there. And so we, we walk up to the, to this, like, it's like a garage, basically like, like a a mechanic garage that they just have on campus, but it was like restructured for like to have shows there. And so we walk up and right outside is Vectroid and Mike just kind of shooting the shit. And like, not that many people had showed up at the time. And like, I walk up and I I go up to Mike because I thought like Mike was like, for, for some reason, I thought Mike was like handling tickets or something or like handling entrance and i was yeah. like yo we're here to to get in the show i know liz and stuff i think that's what i said and he's like oh yeah y'all can you guys can just get in whatever and then uh vectroid came out and we're, i was like holy shit vectroid what's up and so, so you like, knew what she looked like already yeah, yeah yeah and i was like holy shit what's up vectroid like and i shook her hand and i was like uh at the time we made there's some other cool stuff that uh, on Twitter she she had released um believe it's shader complete and uh we were there was a couple of us on Twitter going crazy about it how how great it would be on cassette and someone made art for it um oh who who was it oh no I'm blanking on names my memory's so bad 
um, someone made super sick art and we were like, we need to put this on cassette. And I was like, all right, I'm getting cassettes and I'm just going to bootleg it real fast. We're only going to make some for us. And then Liz was like, hell no, no, you don't. Cause Liz was managing her at the time. And I was like, oh, come on, please. And she was like, all right, you can make five, but you have to send us one. And I was like, all right, deal. Nice. <laughs> so we made five of them. I think you can see them on Discogs or something. Uh, I have one. Rory has one. Um, remember, uh, he, he had one. Um, we had one extra cause the artist just didn't want to copy the one who made the art. Uh, so we gave that one, we gave that one to luxury elite actually. And then nice. Was she at the show as well or live nearby? No, no, no. So, so we had that extra copy. And so I was like on Twitter, I was like, yo, who wants it? Cause I wasn't going to charge anybody for it. Yeah. And so it was either her or Wolfenstein OSX. And so I flipped a coin and, uh, she got it. So I sent it out to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she was super stoked about it. She really, she really loved it. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was just like a quick little bootleg that I made. And so that's how I, I got to like really know Liz and stuff and talk to her. And so I was like, yeah, I made that, that little bootleg cassette for your album and stuff. And she was like, oh yeah, it's you. And then, and then I was like, oh shit, she, she recognized my name. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, man. <laughs> and, um, so when I, when I, when I met her, we just kind of shot the shit and stuff and talked for a little bit before the show. And then, uh, we got inside. George was there and stuff. I, I met George for a second there. Um, I didn't really get to talk to him because the music was like super loud and you couldn't really talk that much. I had gave my friend a hundred percent electronica sweater. Like the first, the first run of uh, these like champion hundred percent electronica sweaters. Uh, I bought one, but it was like one size. I think it was like small, and I can't fit a small. So I was like, "Yo, have it." Nice. And uh, and so my friend wore that to the show, and George Clanton gave him a. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. And uh, George Clanton gave him a hug. And I was like, hell yeah, man. I nice. was like, oh, sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was such a sick show. George, Actually, if you go on my YouTube channel, I have video from it. Um, okay. Yeah, I will. George did a fantastic set. It was fucking awesome. The energy was so sick. The room was like pretty much packed. We were like up front. Uh, Negative Gemini did a sick set. Vectroid set was super dope. She like did a DJ set that was just super sick. She ripped. That was such a great night. I I freaking lost the footage of the the Vectroid set that I have, and I'm so mad at myself for it. Oh crap! I can't believe it. It was on an old drive that died. I was like, damn it, dude. I was, do you I still have the drive? It. No, I don't. Oh no, I do still have the drive. It's just damaged. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know the, how I did. the data recovery repair is pretty cheap actually. If you like win the lottery, you just keep me you know, like, <laughs> yeah i'll hold on to the drive just in case money. i get yeah i get a bunch of yeah. money i actually looked into the re- recovery and it was like a thousand dollars will recover and i'm like no way i can't afford that mm-hmm. it'll probably be like maybe 700 now yeah there's but. no way maybe i could do a kickstarter or something yeah <laughs> go fund me go fund me for it go fund vectroid vectroid set but i have some of it on gopro yeah. but anyways that was like that was like the shit. That was like what I did. What an amazing it, story, man. I wish like I, I could have experienced that, you know? It was so cool Damn. and so weird to like be on a college campus. Like I'm pretty sure me and my friend were the only non-college students there. Like all those people went to that school and we like f- like slung our way into that show. 
And that's because you were younger and not and still in high school, or you just didn't go to that college? Um, we just didn't go to that college. We weren't in high school at the time. This was like in 2016, I think. Mm. Maybe 20, yeah, 2016 probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kind of just went in. We just went in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, there wasn't actually anybody checking if you were a college student. You could just walk in, which nice. was, it blew my mind. Anybody could have just showed up. Um, Damn, so awesome, man! Yeah, it was so hype. At like brilliant moment in time. Yeah, that was. I was I was buzzing after that moment, just like meeting Vectroid, because it was like full circle, just getting into vaporwave and then being able to meet Vectroid. Um, but yeah, like yeah, she's so she's so dope. By the way, she she does. She has a Twitch channel that she like streams on like pretty regularly. I think it's like Waterfall Voyeur or something like that. And she does she does like stuff like that all the time and it's super sick. It's super fun to go hang out. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Um, damn, I I'm so down for that. Yeah, definitely check that. Anybody listening, go check that out right now. Go follow her. Like it's so sick that she even does that. Yeah, we'll link it again. It was Waterfall Voyeur, I believe. Okay. Well, we'll we'll double check. Um Cool. So you discovered Vaporwave, saw the show, um, with uh, Echo Jams pulled you in. You said, yeah. So when did wait? What were you gonna say? Go, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So when I listened to Echo Jams, I listened to it at least like fifty times at that point to tie this all together. Mm-hmm. And that was the only Vaporwave album, technically Vaporwave album, I had listened to. Like I didn't really check anything else out. That it was like this was this was my marker. I want to make something like this. Wow. I was like, I want to make something like this. I don't need to hear anything else. This is what I want to make. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I started, you can, if you go on to my SoundCloud on the power, power PC, me SoundCloud, the first track on there, I believe is called Memphis. It was me rating my dad's old CDs and I would record in like the, the juiciest part of the pop songs. And I would sit yeah. there and I'd loop it. And, uh, this is the funniest. I haven't told anybody this, <laughs> but when I first started out, I like released that song and like, I, I tried to build some stupid hype. I don't know why I did this. I was like, I went on like forums and stuff. I was like, yo, maybe, maybe Chuck Persons is under a new name and he's releasing music. Check, have you guys heard this? <laughs> no and way. people were like, there's no way that this is him. I don't know what you're talking about. And someone was, or someone pointed out, like I had to like reverse the sample or something. And Chuck Person tweeted out, like he was like, "I will, ne- I, uh, uh, Chuck Person or or OPN tweeted." Out, I was like, "Chuck Person never reverses uh, samples. That's how you know that's so like not a Chuck Person song." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh damn, dude! I've been, I've been found, dude. Yeah, you've been I'm ousted. a phony. I've been ousted." So after that, I was like, "All right, that's really cool. I really enjoyed doing that." And so I was like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do this again. I'll do it again some somehow, some way. And like the day the news about those Kmart tapes dropped, the day I'm talking about, like, like they kept, people kept reposting the news like throughout the years. But the day the actual like archives dropped, I read that and I was like, this sounds sick. I'm totally downloading all of these. Like I downloaded all of them mm-hmm. and uh, I was just like listening to him. And I was yeah, like, I grabbed him too. I was, I was like, this would be so sick if, I did the vaporwave thing to this. And and so I I started just doing it just to see what would happen, like kind of as a joke, just like tongue in cheek, like, yo, check this out, watch. And I had just gotten this uh my new computer. Like I saved I was working and I saved up and I had just gotten my new computer and I was I installed Ableton and stuff and I was like, Alright, cool, I'm gonna try this. 
and so I started. I I it grow. I think the album goes in pretty much chronolog- chronological order of the tracks that I made. So the first track is the first like s- like sample I pulled, which is the first track on a tape from 1989 one of the 1989 Kmart tapes yeah and it's just like that intro song which is like ubiquitous like everyone knows that's the Kmart tapes intro song mm-hmm. and uh, I took the chunk and I slowed it down I was like this sounds so sick and I added sort of like my signature reverb and like the delay which is at a specific speed and uh, it, it just gives it that sort of like echoey sound that sounds like you're in a supermarket but not really and then the reverb kind of adds that linoleum floor sort of sound to it too mm-hmm. um, well you did a great job I, I always wondered who was going to be the person to vaporify that stuff and a lot of people did too I was I definitely wasn't the first the first person to do it because I wanted to spend my time on it but I think the first person to like do it and release it is definitely um was it 1989 film? I believe his name was. Mm. Uh, he I forgot what the. He's, it was like Kmart. If you look up 1989 film on YouTube, you'll find the album. Okay. His was first, but he said he did that in like less than 24 hours or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh damn, okay. But this the stuff I did took me like a month. Like, exactly. I was I was digging through all the samples, like as many as I possibly could within. So like 1989 to 1992, I should say is the years of tapes that I used. And so I would dig through like, like the, the tapes are like an hour and a half long each. And I would dig through it until I found like some cool songs. And like th- there's songs on there. You'll recognize like Bruce Hornsby. Uh, you'll recognize pretty easily. They're just normal pop songs. Some of them aren't. Some of those are like, like specifically made for Kmart in house. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like in house songs, like music and stuff. Uh, but there are some pop songs in there. Like I, I could have just gotten the pop songs and slowed those down and, and did all the effects to it and stuff. But I wanted the sound of like the shitty cassette tape and like mm. the worn down cassette and like the warmth of it sort of yeah to come through in the tracks. Like I wanted oh, that to happen. It certainly does. Yeah. It's like, and I've had people tell me it's like an experience to listen to it. And which is crazy to me that people listen to it and like it and, and have experiences about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, for that, sure, man. That's my favorite part is just hearing people like tell me their stories of like why, why they love the album so much. You said you spent a month over a month on it. So, you know, I, like I said, I always wondered who was going to be the first to do it. Maybe I should have said who's going to be the first to do it professionally and well, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't say it was professional by any means. I was just a guy in my bedroom doing it, but it's a cohesive package it's you know it's a it's definitely i would call professional for sure well thank you for that that yeah i a lot of times i beat myself i'm like dude i just slowed down some songs it's like whatever but people do really like it and i i really appreciate every anytime someone says anything nice about it because it means so much to me like people email me and that like that's every reason that I make music is because someone's listening to it and they're having some sort of experience because of it or like it's helping them in some way. Like I know a lot of people say that and it's like cliche, but for sure that's, that's everything for me. Um, but yeah, the, the Kmart, that Kmart album was pretty much that it was like a month of just going back and like working on it. I, if, so, if someone has the actual cassette with the, um, the, there's there's a version I did that has an actual inner 
and it has like uh, stuff that I wrote out. It says pretty much like I worked on that album either in my parents' house or at my brother's apartment. Like I'd bring my computer over there and hang out with them for a weekend. And I would just sit there hunched over, just like going through the samples and like editing them and, and like chopping them up and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much the Kmart story is like just doing yeah. that and hanging out with my friends and stuff. And like, just also there was a Kmart near me that I would go to and stuff too. <laughs> it was, <Yeah. laughs> it was not a nice Kmart. <laughs> I'm surprised there was still Kmart's open then. Yeah, no, there was, there was one near me and it was on its last legs. It's closed down now. It's forever gone now but when it was there we would me and my friend my friend champ who's actually uh he's here tonight and he's gonna i'm gonna be hanging out with him he lives in new york city now but uh he he would he would like drive me there and we just go walk around and stuff and we just experience camera we wouldn't really buy anything because like it's not exactly the nicest stuff there at the time this is in like 2016 and so we were just like walk around and be like, wow, this is, this sure is an experience. <laughs> Take it in. It, I took it Feel in. The I, vapor. I, I felt it. And I, uh, I definitely, I definitely try to translate it into the music, at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what, just to backpedal a little bit, at what point did you decide you wanted to make Vaporwave? Well, I made that Memphis track and I really liked the process of doing it. Because before that, I, I I was sampling stuff. I would make hip hop beats and stuff, and I liked sampling. I liked the, I liked being able to listen to music and find bits and parts that I really liked, and being able to loop it. Like, this was a format that you can take a song you like, and and change it to something else, and that really intrigued me. And I really wanted to keep on doing that. Mm-hmm. And vaporwave just happened happened to be that. Uh, what really made me keep doing it was probably the response from the Kmart tape. Yeah. Uh, had it not had the response that it had, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, but like seeing it, that sold out. The first run sold out in like a week or something crazy like that, mm-hmm. which blew my mind at the time. I was like, they're making 50 cassettes or something. And they all sold out in a week. I was like, what? Nobody knows who I am. Like none of that. Like, how is this even possible? How would anybody want to buy this? Nobody knows this. Like, and it sold out on a week, and I was like, "That's crazy! I want to keep doing this. This sounds, this is insane." Uh, um, what label was that on? That was Lost Angles. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I knew that. Uh, and there was also a GoFundMe associated with that record on Lost Angles. Can you tell us y- about that? Yeah. So that was um, that was after the. Uh, was it called the, that shooting stone man douglas yeah stone man douglas the stone man douglas shooting um that like really affected me when that happened i was i remember the day it happened and i was like this is unbelievable this is egregious and it's terrible that anybody would do this and i mean i don't i don't really have that much money and i was like what can i possibly contribute to this that can at least help in some way and i saw that they were doing a GoFundMe to help fund it for the victims. And I was like, all right, this is like a no brainer. This is super sick. I hit up Josh and I was like, yo, do you want to sell like a hundred cassettes or something like that? And just sell all the, or send all the profit to them. Cause like people wanted cassettes at the time. Like every time I would do a run of cassettes, they would sell out and more people would message me and be like, yo, can you do, can you sell, uh, make more cassettes? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. I don't know if I want to, cause I kept making more and more of them. But at that moment I was like, all right, for sure people want the cassettes and this is going to go to a good cause. So I was like, all right, 
let's do it, Josh. And so I think we just made a hundred like white shelled cassettes. I'm pretty sure. And uh, yeah, those sold out in like those sold out fast too. I think those that was like three or four days. I think a hundred wow, of them man. sold out. I'm pretty sure it was a hundred. Mm-hmm. Could double check on that, but it was like it just blew my mind that that many people again wanted the, wanted copies of that album, and also that they they it was for a good cause. Like I hope that money helped out some people. I I don't know what the exact number was. I think it was like in the it was like above a thousand dollars that that we donated. Which is just so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. Yeah. My heart goes out to those guys, yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Good for you guys, man. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to you. That's awesome. Uh, can you tell us a bit about your label? So, I don't I don't run that label anymore, but yeah. uh, I, I started a label called Goodnight Tapes, which um, it was me and Glyph Dice, Rory. Uh, I... I me and him were talking at the time and I was like, yo, you want to start a label? Cause I just wanted to be able to release like my album and then maybe other albums that I really liked. So I, I, we didn't have the name for Goodnight tapes at the time. The way we came about that was, uh, I was trying to find a name for it and I was talking to Dino, the guy who does, who did all of my, uh, secret schools, who did all my, uh, album covers and we were talking, I think on Twitter DMs and I was like, dude, I don't know what, what I want to name it. I know I want to label for something. And then it was getting late at the time and I had to go to work the next day and I was sitting there DMing him and I was like, yo, I got to go. Like, uh, it's getting late. I don't know. I guess I'll think about it tomorrow. And he was like, I was like, good night. And he was like, yo, good night tapes. And I was like, what? <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, that, that sounds great to me. Let's, I'm going to do that. And so like I went, I registered all the shit for Goodnight Tapes. I made the band camp and stuff. He made the logo. There was an, an original logo. It, it was like a cassette reel, and it had a little moon on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had that logo for a little bit. And then we had someone else, which I'm blanking on their name. I think it's, I forgot who it was. Someone else made a logo that is the current logo right now. And um, yeah, if you go on, uh, I think it's, goodnighttapes.bandcamp.com you can check out like that I released the first album on that I released like I forgot how many maybe it was 50 copies of like like that's a super high quality version of Kmart on cassette it was like on chrome tape and stuff like it pulled out all the stops Mm -hmm. and I got them dubbed myself or I I had them like professionally dubbed at uh, dupe.ca and all that shit and um those sold out in like a day which was like what the fuck <laughs> i couldn't even believe like it. 300 400 of those now yeah at this point probably which it blows my mind i see people's cassette collections and they don't have it and i'm like how how's this even possible we sold so many yeah i i got mine off of discogs i think really like i, yeah. I can't believe it people keep asking me I'm like i keep making more and like still a bunch of people don't have it i'm like i don't and my thing is, is like, I know like the rarity is cool and it's cool to have a rare tape and I don't want to ruin that for somebody. So I just keep want I keep wanting to make different versions of it just yeah. so like, so if you have the good night tapes edition, like that's that there's only 50 of those. You have the good night tapes edition. Mm-hmm. If you have the personal one that I made, because I made a, a personal run that was like, it was like open-ended, like as many people could buy it as they want. And it got up to like a hundred something. If you have that edition, like you have that personal edition that or actually no that was a good night tapes one was it 
I don't even well, remember at this point. There's well, a it's still bunch nice of though. It's like each one has its own special flavor and story. Exactly. Like, and, and that's what I love so much about like even just like limited cassette editions. Like I don't like the scalping and stuff like that kind of sucks, but I do like the limitedness of it, the rareness of it. But so to counteract it, making new copies that are like different editions, I think it kind of balances it out pretty well, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Especially with a chrome tape. Yeah. So like you get a chrome tape and it's like, it's like, it sounds super high quality. I mean, it's still like Kmart and it's kind of sounds sort of shitty because it's from the media source from, it didn't sound that good. But beyond that, like, the chrome tape for sure if you want a good experience of of kmart and like the perfect experience you get the chrome tape one play it on a good cassette player um Mm -hmm. i will say this i will drop a gem about those people who keep asking about kmart tapes if you're going to 100 electronic con go to the pre-festival meetup the day before there's going to be something there i will say that i will say nice nice yeah i'll see you there yeah, for sure. I'll see you there, dude. <laughs> that pre that cassette pre show thing is gonna be insane. What sucks is I'm too scared to bring anything over the border, and I have a tape. But like, I want to get them all signed, but I can't. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. If you want, you, you can ship it to me if you want, and I could bring it down to you. Like that's a total possibility. If you are too afraid, like afraid to do that, I know that's Josh had some idea. concerns and stuff. Uh, I know he's. The stuff I'm talking about, he's just going to have shipped to me, and then I'll just bring it down with me, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, and Just bring a duffel bag. All right, I've got yeah. everybody's tapes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah. Just, I, I think I might be taking a train down, so I think I'm going to show up on the train with a couple boxes or something. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Well, I might do that. I do have a USPO box, um, or you could just mail them back to me and I'd pay you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Appreciate yeah, the like offer. That. Yeah, no problem. Very dude. thoughtful. Yeah. Speaking of that, oh, wait, actually, I don't want to, maybe this is the secret. Maybe I found out the secret on the internet. Not a secret, but what you just alluded to. Didn't Uh really say it, but yeah, maybe I'll skip that question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you said you played piano a little bit, Uh uh, and I saw you also like to use the beat pads, the Akai MPC or something similar to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, When when did you pick those up and how do you incorporate them into, well, maybe your other record or some of your EPs? So the, uh, I actually came upon the MPC 2000 recently and I bought the, uh, the machine Mark three, the native instruments machine Mark three, like super recently. So the MPC, I came about it because first of all, like I come from a history where like I was super into hip hop, like Jay Dilla uh stuff like that was like blew my mind like q-tip the production like mm-hmm. all this like hip-hop and stuff mf doom I, mf doom like all that stuff i love it so much this like the sampling and, and everything about it like and everything that i ever sent like i watch videos of jay dylan and stuff and they're always hunched over an npc and that just became like this staple in my head of of like this is these are how they make beats this is how they make what that like sounds so beautiful to me this is what a genius looks like. Exactly. And like we need a statue I've, of one of those dude yeah, we need, hunched over. Someone yeah, exactly. please 3D print that. Oh my god. We need a statue of someone hunched over an MPC 2000 XL. But 
So the MBC I got, like, uh, I've always wanted one, but they're always, like, pretty damn expensive. Like, you can probably get an MPC 2000 in not so good condition for, like, $400. And spending $400 on a on a sampler in 2019 is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. So it just never, or 2018 or whatever. That's just expensive. Never, yeah, it's very expensive. But so one day I was like scrolling through Facebook. This is something I do very often. This is another quirk of me. I'll scroll through Facebook Marketplace or I'll scroll through uh, shopgoodwill.com. Like I will, I'll just go and look, look, look for any, any sort of electronics or vintage like uh, equipment or instruments and stuff. And one day I was scrolling and someone posted an MPC 2000 and Bobby was hanging out with me and I was like, yo, look, look, look. And it's, it was the MPC 2000, the one I have and the dude was selling it for a hundred bucks. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't holy, believe holy this. Holy fuck, holy fuck. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and the guy said like, oh, some things don't work on it. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to fix it. And so the guy lived like an hour away from me and I messaged him like, yo, can I, can I come pick this up like tomorrow or something? And he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Come, come through. So me and Bobby, we drove an hour to some dude's house. He kind of, he didn't really live in the sticks. He was like in a neighborhood, but it was kind of out there. And we walk into his house and he has it set up there and I saw it turned on and he was like hitting some pads and stuff. We couldn't hear it or anything. And I was like, all right, we'll take it. I bring it home. Uh, I start testing it like some of the pads don't work. Some buttons are super glitchy. Like it's from 1999. It's about to have some glitches. And so for a couple months after that, even with the broken pads, I forced myself to learn how to use it. And using a sampler, like an older sampler, like a vintage sampler like this, isn't exactly an easy task. It's coming from a doll where everything's so easy and straightforward. Yeah, this like very, you're going to want the instruction manual. Yeah, this is not, <laughs> it's not out of the box. You know how to use it. It's very frustrating. Like you start getting a workflow with it. At first I was like, man, this is probably not a good purchase. And then I started using it even with the, like there was three pads that worked at the time, like three or four of them. <laughs> and know. so I would load up drums. There's like 16 and there only three or four of them worked. Yeah. So I'd load up drums and I'd be like, okay, sick. I know how to use this sort of. And the, at the time, I, I had a floppy disk drive on it, and that's how you loaded, like, the operating system. Like, you put the floppy disk in, it loads, you take the floppy disk out, you put uh, other ones in with samples in it, or you sample stuff into it. Like, that's, that was your only choice. Dude, that is so crazy. <laughs> it So, like, I would make beats and stuff on it. I would, like, sample stuff into it. And, like, so a, a, a floppy disk is only 1.4 megs. So, like, I, if I wanted to save a beat... I'd have to record it, first of all. Second of all, unless you have an external like SCSI drive, you're you're not saving that beat. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're either you're you're pulling out like five different floppy disks and saving one beat to fl- like four or five different floppy disks, or you're saving it to a SCSI drive, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like so I didn't have a SCSI drive and I had a bunch of floppy disks. So I'd sit there and I'd pull floppy disks out, put floppy disks in, load up some samples, I'd sit there and like learn it, make some beats. Uh, eventually I got decently proficient at it after a couple months. Uh, and I started streaming on Twitch with it, just like making hip hop beats just cause it was super chill. Right. I haven't done that in a while, but maybe, maybe I should pick that up back up. Yeah, man. But I, so I still have that and actually I've been using it recently, um, specifically for chopping up drum breaks 
and making a drum loop and then recording it into my DAW because the the DAC on on that MPC it colors the sound in such a way where it gives it a lot of grit and it just sounds very nice and like pleasing to the ear. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll I'll make a drum break on the MPC. I'll record it into Ableton and then I'll start layering drums on top of that and like I'll I'll start like making a full track from that. I will say I'm working on a new album. Um that I was thinking about about scrapping, but I don't think I am. I, I think I'm going to do it. And uh Don't. You better <laughs> not. It's it's ev- almost every track I use the MPC and I use an MS20. And it's just like they they sound very gritty. If you like Boards of Canada, this is going to be the album for you. I'll I'll tell you that much. I'll nice. give you that much of a hint. Um, but that's that's pretty much the album I'm working on. But yeah, that's that's how I got started with MPC and how like how I've been incorporating it in like new material and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you still have only three buttons, or did you fix no, it? No, I I forgot to I forgot to mention. Um, so it's basically there's a layer under the pads under the rubber. That's sort of like how a membrane keyboard would work. Um, so what you have to do is you have to you can go online. People like make them now. They like reproduce them, and so you get it's like this film, this plastic film with like glue under it. So what what I had to do is I had to pull the the whole cover off, and then I had to go in and peel the old uh, like pad sensors out, and then I had to take that one out and put the new one in, and then after you put that new one in, it works completely fine. I've had golden. Yes, there were several times where even while I was streaming, like buttons, like the the tactile buttons would just stop working. And I, th- I remember one time I was streaming and I was like, I need this button. This this is a major button that I need. And so I ran button. down. Yeah, it's an integral button. I ran down to my basement. I opened it up. I desoldered that button and put a new button in and soldered it back in, put it back together, ran back upstairs, plugged it in and continue yeah. making beats. All right, stream. I'll be back in five. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was no one watching, but like I, mm. I still did it. I ran down real fast and did it. Yeah. That's hilarious. And do you have any knowledge or any tips you can provide for anyone looking to start using uh, a drum pad? Um, if you're going to get a sampler like that, I, I do recommend it if you could find one for cheap. Like if you, if someone has like an SP four hundred four, or like an MPC or something like that, and they have it for cheap, get it and like learn it. If you learn, I'd say if you learn how to use an MPC or, or a sampler like that, where it kind of gives you restrictions, you'll learn so much about music and about about sampling and how to sample and and how to make the most out of what you have. Uh, mm-hmm. My tip is just go on YouTube, like look up people's tips and tricks uh look up the manual obviously um but for sure like youtube is like your best friend when it comes to like learning an older sampler or an older device like that mm-hmm. awesome yeah i um i listened to a lot of nujabez mm-hmm. and he was kind of the the he's the god of using a drum pad for me at least he's he, a wonderful Go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say. Um, I actually, you go first because I have a whole tangent about this. You go first. Okay, don't forget. <laughs> There's a wonderful documentary on YouTube by a gentleman named Steve M. I don't know if you've heard of him. He does a lot yep. of uh, so I've like seen, future I've seen funk or city pop stuff. Yeah, yep. and uh, he has a 
uh, Nujabez documentary, and it's like lo-fi, maybe 15 minutes. Beautiful documentary. It does such a, um, it's such a charming documentary. It explains his life, who he was, Nujabez, and, you know, how he went about making his music and the intricacies behind it. It's a wonderful documentary. Definitely check it out if you like lo-fi or just want to get into using a drum pad. Yeah, I, I'd agree now too. You. Um, <laughs> so my tangent, which is, it's interesting you bring up Nujabez, by the way. Um, <laughs> so before I, I started getting into Vaporwave even, I was really heavy into Reddit. I was into the heavy into the hip hop Reddit. Like I said, I was heavy into like sampling and stuff and, and making beats. My hip hop um, he- hip hop heads. Yeah. Hip hop heads. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I actually, I actually ran the uh, IRC for hip hop heads. Oh, um, sick man. Uh, so around that time there was the new subreddit, but it only had like maybe 200 followers. It had one guy who was a mod. No one really used it. And I was super into Nujibes and uh, I hit him up and I was like, yo, can I just, can you mod me? And can I like revamp the subreddit? And he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, and so I went in, I got a group of people that, like they made a whole new subreddit style and stuff. And we sort of like advertised and revamped it. Like we have a bunch of like followers now on there. It's really sick. And for a while there, I would like run all the AMAs. Like I still run it too. Like uh, we have a group of, of mods and stuff that run it, but, I still, from time to time, go back and run it. Um, yeah, it's, it's that's it. I recommend, by the way, our Nujabez is great. Uh, beyond yeah, you'll that, find a lot of lo-fi that isn't just Nujabez, but has that same ideal. Yep, has the same feel. A lot of times, people recommend music that is pretty, like super similar. It's just great stuff. Uh, I know you mentioned that documentary. I have a friend named uh, named Kim. He he just recently released. Uh, a super like in-depth like he interviewed a bunch of people for it uh and he he had me like uh proofread it and stuff he he uh, it was a it's like a little blog he did like a like a, a article not a blog it's, it was an it's a full-fledged article and he got like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff for it he got like these crazy like scans of pictures of nujabez in the studio that i've never seen before i've i've been i've been doing this for years and like we've we've sat down and tried to find any images and like scraps of information we have on Nujabez and we could never find it. And, uh, so my friend Kim, he spent like, he spent like half of a year doing all this research, like months. Um, and so when he came out with this and I like, I proofread it, I was like, I can't believe that you have this information. I can't believe you got all this information. This is insane. There's like pictures on there that have like, it's like Nujabez's studio, like his samplers and stuff and his turntables and all that stuff. And I was like, what the hell? Like we've had AMAs of, of Marcus D we've had AMAs from uh substantial, which are people who worked with him with, with mm-hmm. Nujabez, uh, substantial worked with him. Marcus D was like kind of close to him. Uh, actually, Marcus D has one of his original SL 1200s, which is crazy. Oh. Like Marcus D's OG, by the way, I love Marcus. And I've talked to him. I met him before I've met substantial before in person. Um, these guys are just like incredible. I can go on and on about this, but uh, I'll stop here. Just check out like it's, it's, uh, EWW.KR is his website. Uh, and he's on Twitter too. Like check out this, this article. If you like Nujabez, if you, if you listen to any of his music, just 
just check out this article. It's like the most information you'll ever get on Nujabez, hands down. It's, Amazing. it's fantastic. I'm definitely going to read that. I love Nujabez. I have my own podcast. Um, it's kind of taken a back seat because of the, the magazine, mm-hmm. but I did a little special kind of speech on what lo-fi is and and nujabez so i i really appreciate that i'm definitely going to give it a read does it have any interviews with the with shing o2 who he was um, his vocalist I, a lot yeah, yeah yeah i think shingo was on here um he's got he, he interviewed marcus he interviewed um substantial funk dl funky dl and a couple wow. other guys who worked with him too like that's incredible Anybody who he could get his hands on to talk to, he he went there and confirmed everything. Like he wanted it to be as close to the true story as he could possibly get. Mm-hmm. That's so so much work, man. Shout out to that to your friend. Yeah, wow. that's that's Kim. Yeah, like he he's he's the OG. I, I need to pull up his his Twitter handle or something. Cool, because wow. you know LoFi is part of the umbrella, right? Yeah, it's it's even if it doesn't want to be. <laughs> exactly. Like this is this is the thing. By the way, his his Twitter handle is at B R B S E O U L. That's his Twitter. I recommend everyone go follow him. Like he's okay. he's so down for it. <sighs> Absolutely. But anyways. <laughs> very, very I cool love Nujabez too, just saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe we'll do a Nujabez tribute thing with, with Kim sometime. Um so to take it to bring it back to being about you, <laughs> you had a one of your tracks featured on a Mallsoft exhibit recently. Can you tell us a yeah. bit about that? Yeah, that was that was a real shocker for me. I got the email and um, uh, this guy he he man, I'm so bad with names. I need to pull up his name because I I'm gonna feel bad if <laughs> if I don't at least say his name. Um. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, give me a second. So the guy's name is his name is Douglas Douglas Mofat, I believe M O F F A T. I think you can find his stuff on Google. Uh, he does like art exhibits and stuff. And he emailed me about he's he was like doing he's doing this this happened like pretty pretty recently, like within this month. It just the the exhibit just stopped. It was in Montreal, and uh, he was like, "Can we use your music in this exhibit about Mallsoft?" And I was like. I was taken aback. I was like, I was blown away. I can't believe that you'd consider me for that. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And so, um, I basically was like, yeah, for sure. The, the gallery contacted me and I signed some paper. That was pretty much it. He did a literal, a little interview with me too, via email. I don't know if he released that anywhere. You could probably find that somewhere. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know where that would be, but that, that was really cool. Honestly, just, being asked for something like that feels surreal to me because I love making music, but to have someone like, like an art museum have my music in it, it's just really strange and odd to me, but it's, it's so welcome. And so like humbling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, think like, think about he was looking for appropriate material. He found you, he listened to it. He liked it. He contacted you, you know, like, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's kind of special. It helps raise the maybe interactivity or, um, what's the word? Immersiveness into the universe. Yeah. That's really cool. Did you ever get to go up to Montreal and check it out? 
Unfortunately, I didn't. I, I've been working the past couple months so much that I never had mm-hmm. a chance to. I don't even have a passport either to go out of the country, so oh. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to anyways. It was too yeah. short notice. Yeah, um, I would have loved to totally go up just because I want to go to Canada at some point and just like check everything out there, but just I never got to, which sucks. But I, the fact that my music was out there, I'm I'm, just, I'm happy about that. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so just to bring it back to electronic on a little bit. Who are you excited for at the show? I'm definitely excited to see my my boy Jeff Vapor. Uh, I haven't seen it like me and Vapor have been friends for a long time, pretty like a couple of years at this point, and we haven't met each other in person yet. And like any time, like he's gone to the city to do a show before, but I couldn't go down, like stuff like that. So we've always missed each other. Mm. But the this time I finally get to go see him live. I'm gonna hang out with him. We're gonna have like dinner and stuff. It's gonna be a whole thing. I'm excited to see him. Excited. I'm excited to see Dan Mason. Uh, I think his stuff. Is, I think his set's just gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saint Pepsi, obviously, that's like just gonna be mind blowing. Uh, yeah. Christ is gonna be dope. Yeah. Uh, added to the second wave. Added to yet to the second wave. Who else? Uh, James Webster from Death Dynamic Str- uh, Shroud. Like all the all those guys. I'm insanely excited to see all those guys mm-hmm. like everything who just gonna aren't be super you sick. excited for you exactly know? like everyone on that bill i know and i i love them and like i've interacted with them pretty much like pretty much everybody and uh i'm just i'm so excited for them i'm there for it dude i'm also beyond that i was actually talking to a robot boyfriend about this uh via like dms and stuff because he's going down too and we were just like he, he said, I'm more excited to see everyone than the concert itself at this point. And I was like, yeah, like mm-hmm. 100% electronic on. It's just an excuse for all the internet homies to hang out with each other pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a wild, um, emotional three three days. I'm coming down on Friday. So yeah, I dude. Yeah. You got to be there for the, uh, the VCC meetup. Like it, it's, I might cry, dude, honestly, just the, like thinking about it, just being with everybody, like being in this community for so long being able to mm-hmm. see everybody and hang out with everybody that it just warms my heart. Is there an event page for that? Yeah, there is on Facebook. If you, I, I need to share it. Actually, we we're supposed to get some like uh like a poster for it. Yeah. I want to make sure we, I'm going to make a post where everybody shows up at a specific time for a group photo. Oh yeah. That'd be sick. I was thinking about that. A group photo would be so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if I could pull this up real fast and link it to you. But, um, well, we can put it in the description. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. Um, so bring it back, bringing it back to your records and uh, compilation at this time. What? Uh, what? Tell us about your uh, the smooth classics comp. <laughs> so smooth. That one's a really low key little tape that I. So the reason why I made that. Why did I make that? Okay, so Sterling from Lost Angles found like. He found this, this uh, I think it was a Lisa instructional cassette tape, and it had like it was like an an Apple II. Or it wasn't Apple II. It was a what was it Macintosh SE or something like that, and uh, it was like an instructional instructional cassette tape for it. And I saw the cover, and I was like, "This is the sickest cover on the planet. I want to do something with this." And so I quickly threw it in Photoshop, and I made something for it. And um, there was a lot of songs that I was listening to at the time that just like kind of really inspired me. This is 
before this is while I was making Endless Summer. Um, and those songs, like I had a whole playlist of songs that were just I really liked. Like uh, I just called it Smooth Classics because it was just a bunch of old songs that I really like, like Toto songs and shit like that. Um, Jefferson Starship and all that. Uh, and I was like, okay, this would be sick if I just put it on a cassette tape and then I could just like listen to it at any time on the cassette tape. So I made one and then I printed out the cover for it and I just dubbed it to cassette. Just, I just played the playlist to it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, this is sick. Maybe I should make like a couple more and just give them to friends. And that's pretty much what I did. I didn't do much else with it. I would just, uh, make a couple. I'll give it to friends. Like I eventually started throwing them in random packages. Like if someone ordered something from me, like a cassette or something, I would just throw one in there. Yeah. And so there's probably a couple in the wild, I don't know where, but they're all probably <laughs> different variations too. Like I threw, I throw like still to this day, unreleased songs on there. Like I just throw anything on there. Some random song that I was working on. Like someone probably has a cassette tape that has a song that'll never be released. Just saying. <laughs> That's pretty much it though. That's like the story of the, uh, the smooth classics cassette tape, just a random little mixtape that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Crazy man. Yep. Uh, oh my God, fuck, dude! During this interview, we just missed the George Clanton repress of his 2013 record, Vinyl Drop. It just sold yeah, out. I saw that. I, I was oh. clicking around to it, and I I saw he tweeted it, and I clicked it, and it was all gone. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh man! <laughs> Freaking interviews. Yeah. Damn he, it! That's he'll such always a great throw, he, record. Over the past couple of years, he would like throw this up like randomly, like he'd have extra copies. So. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if at Electronicon he'd have a copy there. Oh, good call. Uh, yeah, just saying. Dude, it's going to be... Uh, that hit Vibes vinyl, it's going to be a war for that shit. Yeah, I heard about that. I was like, that sounds insane, and whoever shows up first in line will probably get it. I was thinking that we should just like all show up at the same time, <laughs> super early, and just make a chain of a yeah. line outside, just to <laughs> see if we can get it. Yeah. Put it in a t-shirt gun and fire it out at us. Yeah, pretty much, dude. It'll be a riot. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, hopefully that record's there because that's an amazing record. Oh, yeah, it's man. really good. I love George Clanton so much. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt your smooth classics. <laughs> no, I was pretty uh, much done with that. <laughs> okay, cool. That, that was enough smooth classics. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the name Power PC Me. You said you, you kind of got it from that late 90s computing era where there were no computer brands that you'd buy a whole machine. You would just put it together by the, you know, yeah. the, the computer store would buy the parts and they would put it together and then you'd buy that, right? Exactly, um, yeah. So I love your name, dude. That's what pulled me in right away as soon as I saw it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, PowerPC... Windows Millennium Edition? (laughs) No way. Um, So, like, just I want to know, like, your thought process. Where did power come from, PC, me? Because it's very much like those, the the funny slogans that the computer companies would have that you'd see on TV and, you know, on the storefront. You know, we've got computers, powerful computation yeah i don't it's just, yeah yeah it's such a good name so um it's actually super simple and it was like i was thinking of what is 
A, what would be Vaporwave? B, I was looking at other people's names and stuff. And I, I at the time, I watched that video, uh, the Wolfenstein OSX video. Shouts out to Mo. Uh, mm-hmm. He had that, that he, I'm pretty sure he did the original what is vaporwave video on YouTube. Like his, his is the original and it was like a really good video. Um, but anyways, beside that, his name was like Wolfenstein OSX. I was like, okay, so people are like sort of hinting to like computing stuff. So I was like, all right, what can I make my name? Um, so I was, I was thinking back my favorite computer in the early two thousands were like Apple computers, like the iBook like MacBooks and so, well, not really MacBooks just then, but like iBooks and and uh, iMacs, like bon- the Bondi Blue iMac was like I lusted over that thing. Oh yeah. And so the processors in those were PowerPC processors. Okay. Um, so like the logo on on like most of my cassettes and stuff is the PowerPC logo, and then the first computer I had, like I said earlier, was uh, just a computer like my dad built, and it had Millennium Edition on it. And so I was like, yeah. all right, I love PowerPC, and I use Millennium Edition. Slap those two together. Yeah. Real creative, I know. <laughs> oh, it's 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 Vaporwave, that's for sure. Yeah. The, your thought process. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I just wanted to release the music, and I was like, all right, what what can I do here? And I was like, all right, that name kind of sounds kind of cool. I'll, I'll just use that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great name. Like I said, it it sucked me right in, Hell like yeah. a tractor beam. That's good. Yeah, that's what I want. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it worked. The so speaking of compilations, you you're on a bunch actually. Your, your work's yeah. featured on them, and one of them was Exosphere by Sunset Recordings. Mm-hmm. That f- uh, fond memories song. Yeah, baby. What's the story behind that track? Because that I don't know that. I didn't really know you when I heard that, um, or it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. And I have that tape, and that's one of my favorite tapes ever. One of the best comps in all of Vaporwave, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's really Exosphere. good. That's a good comp. Um, so the story behind that song, I had recently just got a uh, Korg Vocala FM, which is the it's like this it's like a little synth, it's like a real tiny synth, and um what you can do with it is you can load up DX7, Yamaha DX7 patches to it. It was like really sick. Like it's a little FM synthesizer and it sounds great. And I just got in that. I was like messing around with it. So I started making tracks with it. So that song in particular, I'm pretty sure all the synths on that are from a Quark Vocala. I since sold it, which I kind of regret it, but I do have another FM synthesizer, but that one was like super sick and it made like really dope ass sounds and you could like get some really sick sounds out of it. And so mm-hmm. I'd like I'd hook it up MIDI, and then I would just start like recording all the different sounds coming out of it. So that whole song is pretty much all uh, vocal sounds. I'm pretty sure. Wow. And that was just pretty much me experimenting with the vocal. Yeah, that's really neat. I had no idea. Yeah, that's a sick song. I really like that song. Great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fond memories was the name. Yep. Um. So you have and you have some records on vinyl. Your mm. summer uh, endless summer. How did mm. that come about? You know, was it your idea? Was it work? <laughs> um, how did like the the vinyl pressing come about, or, or the uh, yeah. the actual album itself? 
the pressing. Well, okay. we can talk about the album too. We touched on it a little bit. If you wanted to talk about it more, uh, I'm I'm happy f- to do that. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so the re- I started making that album in like twenty, like late 2016, early 2017, maybe. Um, I think I need to double check on that. My again, my brain is all types of messed up. But um, <laughs> well, it is almost midnight now, so <laughs> yeah, I got up early today. What, all that jazz. What, what time zone are you in? I'm in Eastern. Okay, cool. So, eleven o'clock. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that came out in 2017. I was right. Okay, my brain is right. Uh, so I started working that late 2016, early 2017, and so I just I just was making tracks and stuff, and I. I wanted to get back to like sort of my roots of, of how I, I used to like produce tracks all the time and not really using samples. Not that make again, this is a hot heated debate. I love using samples. I think everyone should use samples. Samples are sick. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really using samples on this one. I did, I did use samples on this one. Uh, but like drum breaks and stuff like that, not really, uh, music samples. So I was just working on a lot of that stuff. Um, and so I, I grouped all these tracks together and I was like, all right, this is, this is going to be the album. Uh, and in my head, like I, I couldn't wait for summertime to happen. Like, but the tw- like summertime in 2016, I just remember it being pretty brutal here. Like, like hot. Yeah. It was really hot, like super hot. It felt like it was never going to end. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, it's hot every single day. Oh my God. <laughs> when is it going to be over? But at the same time, I loved it because I hate winter. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I, I love this. I love hanging out with my friends too. That was like a major point of this album was we'd, ha- I'd hang out with my friends all the time. And, and that's kind of like dwindled since around that, around that time. So everyone's yeah. getting older. Everyone's doing their own thing. What were you doing with your friends? Just going over to your house or going out to, uh, you know, a little lake or something, a barbecue, like, so, um, a lot of the times that like, like my friends would come here, we'd hang out, we'd like listen to music. Um, around that time too, like my brother had an apartment where we'd all go hang out. Like everyone, like several of my friends, like would go there all the time. Like one, like two or three of my friends live there. Like, uh, we'd always go over there, hang out. And those are just like the, like the fondest memories that I have of, yeah. of just hanging out with people. My friend nice. has like a house on a lake and we'd go there and just hang out with him, hang out with everybody there. And, uh, actually I'm going there tomorrow too, to hang out with some friends. And, um, nice. it's just like memories like that really get to me and I love it so much. and I cherish it. And so this album was my way of trying to convey those feelings in a way. Mm-hmm. And like the feelings of summer, like not only like the summer lasts like really long, it sort of feels like that, but at the same time, it doesn't really last that long. But with the memories, you can have like an endless summer or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like the song titles too, like Honda Civic Windows Down. Like my brother has a Honda Civic, which was my friend's Honda Civic uh, before that, and we'd always <laughs> go and drives on that thing. Human human nights and long walks. Like we go on like walks around town, like around my my neighborhood and stuff, and it'd be like nighttime and super humid yellow glow of doll street light same thing 85 mm-hmm. degrees because it was like 85 degrees every single day yeah um like 
that's pretty much how I try to structure the album. And also, like, if you if you listen to it, like the the first couple of tracks are like really upbeat and like like really lush and cool. And then like closer to the end of the album, a lot of the tracks are like sort of gloomy, and like it's it's like the juxtaposition of of an overcasty rainy day and a sunny day, you know, all in one like a sandwich of it. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's kind of how I, I try to structure the album. But beyond that, uh, yeah, just worked on those tracks. I, I ironed them out. I mass, I mixed and mastered it all myself, which is like a feat. I, I try to teach myself how to do it and try to do it as best as possible. Um, but eventually, uh, so the story of how it got on vinyl is a completely different story. Like we released it on Lost Angles. It didn't sell that well. It didn't like sell like like Kmart fast, but it's it sold out eventually. Um, we released it with like a super limited number of of like lathe cuts and like this like sick glitter cassette um, and the Zine, um, which is so sick. The Zine is really cool. So anybody who got that who got that first of all, shout out to you because that's like super limited. We're definitely never making that lathe again. Like that's a stupid rare thing if anyone actually gives a shit about me at this point but um <laughs> uh yeah no that was that was super sick and i really i really like making that album so we released that and then i think i hit up i was watching i was watching t- uh too many records on youtube for a yeah. little bit uh that's matt who's like my homie now at this point i love matt shouts out to matt <laughs> um he runs he he does the the too many records youtube channel and uh i was like he he did a he did a, a an unboxing and he unboxes vinyl moon like compilation record and i was like whoa that sounds cool and it's like artists like a bunch of different artists on a record it's like a vinyl mixtape and i was like that sounds super sick mm-hmm. and so i sent them an email and i was like hey could i would you guys want one of my songs for one of your compilation albums and uh, 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 why am I blanking on his name? Brandon. Brandon. From, shouts out to Brandon. I don't know if you'd even listen to this, but shouts out to Brandon from Vinyl Moon. <laughs> uh, he uh, he emailed me back and he was like, "Yeah, totally. Uh, send me some links to your songs and stuff." I so I sent him "Endless Summer," <clears throat> and he like listened to it and he loved it. And he was like, "Yeah, I want this track. Let's put let's put it on our our next compilation." So he put that we put that out on one of the compilations. I forgot which volume it was. You could probably find it on Discogs. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, we we put that that little song out, and he he emailed me again after that and was like, "Would you be interested in?" Uh, or maybe I emailed him and I was like, "Would you want to do like a vinyl release of Endless Summer?" And he was like, "Uh, oh, we'll have to think about it and all that stuff." And I was like, "All right, cool." And then he emailed me back and was like, "Yeah, I think we want to do it." And I was like, "Sick! This is like my first album on vinyl ever." Like it was a big deal for me at the time too. Mm-hmm. And so it was a whole process. It took months to do this. Um, but we eventually got it done, which was crazy to me. So this was last year that we released it on vinyl. Yeah. Um, it was a whole process. Like we had to get the art done. We had to get it proofed. It was like a bunch of back and forth and stuff, like getting the mastering done, all this stuff. Um, which the guy who did the mastering does these amazing lathe cuts, by the way. His name is Richard Houghton, I believe, on Instagram and stuff, and on Bandcamp. He does like super awesome music. 
by the way, like super sick music. He, he cuts his own records and he mastered and cut my, my uh, endless summer to, to the actual like master vinyl. Yeah. And uh, sweet. His master is like so sick. If you have the endless summer vinyl, which if you don't have it, I recommend getting it. It, the masters, the, it on vinyl sounds better than the actual digital files. I will say that like, mm-hmm. there's a reason to get it on vinyl for sure. And it looks like beyond that. <clears throat> yeah. How did you connect with him? With Richard? Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. So Brandon and Matt knew him, and I think. Okay. Yeah, and Brandon uh knew that he was like he was like one of the only people who can actually do the hologram like, like on the record. There's like a hologram cut cut out, and like when it spins, you can see like a little moon and a star. And Richard was like one of the only people who can who knows how to like actually cut it like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like super special, like specially done. Wow. Um, yeah, Richard's super sick. Like, I, if you if you don't know him, you should, I highly recommend checking out his Instagram. He always posts like super sick pictures and stuff of records. So, like, shout out to him. It's so sick. Um, I will I will say the uh, the test pressings of Endless Summer. I think there's only like three of them. The, I I signed two copies. I had one. One was given away, and then I gave my only copy to Pat Chennington. Shouts out to Pat Chennington. Nice. Uh, I gave him a copy and a copy of Endless Summer, and then Richard also, he he did like uh, I did a remix for him, and in exchange he gave me a couple copies of Kmart cut to a lathe like 12 inch, mm-hmm. which is was super sick. There's only a couple of those, too. There's like three of those. What Like, Bobby has one, I have one, and I gave uh, one, to, one to Pat Chennington. Like, super rare crazy uh, yeah it's some crazy stuff um but yeah that's that's pretty much the the endless summer story i'm sure there's Sweet. more i could go on about but that's that's pretty much it that's the uh that's the scoop well it should be it's an endless story could <laughs> yeah be. there you go yeah, uh speaking going. of vinyl mm-hmm. you are you trying to get i saw on twitter you're asking kmart vinyl or kmart vhs yeah, so I was just so trying is to... That a, is that a joke or... <laughs> no, it's not a joke. We're currently nice. trying to. Again, so the thing with Vaporwave and vinyl is that yeah, it, the samples, like it really... You really yeah. have to be so careful. So <laughs> we're, we're in the process of doing it the best we can. Again, shouts out to Josh from Lost Angles. He's helping me out with it. We're kind of... We're gonna try to do it. It's gonna happen at some point. Just even if I have to do a, like a crates thing, I, we're gonna do it. It's it's gonna happen. So just everyone needs to keep their eye out for that. Kmart vinyl is gonna happen. Mark my words. So if it's the last thing I do, if I get sued for it, I'm doing yeah. it. It's for the people, man. Going down uh, with a cause. Yeah, pretty much. There's another expression for that. Going out with steam, fire, something. Uh. God. I don't Someone remember. will know it. It sounds familiar. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Going out with a bang. Going out with a bang. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We get sued into oblivion, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. What would the, so what about the VHS? Cause I'm a hardcore VHS guy. I've got some, uh, basement labs. I actually have a couple copies of the VHS that I can, br- I can bring you a copy if you want it, but I will w- say wait, you made it already. Yeah, we, 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 we made a Kmart VHS. It was super limited, and it was at that show I was talking about from last year. Oh, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Dude, I would love one. Oh, my God. There may or may not be more made f- from Basement Labs for, for the meetup, 
Yeah. But if if he doesn't bring those, I'll I'll bring you a copy for sure. I have a couple extra. <sighs> that would be crazy, man. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. We'll work it out. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, no problem, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see that uh, Kmart vinyl. Yeah, me too. That's like no. number one goal for me. Yeah. So if you ever have friends you try to show your music or any maybe a parent or grandparent, a kid, how do you explain Vaporwave and your music? Maybe more so Vaporwave because you can tell them the story behind your records. Um, how do you explain it? Um, so I have a, a tagline that like is on my website and stuff. And it's like... Oh using i think it's like using nostalgia and something else to make you feel things or something like that Mm. and how i would describe vaporwave is like it's like poking your nostalgia nerve over and over again as much as like humanly possible by just like only taking this bit of, of like vague memory that you have and just using it over and over again like um like boards of canada like i think they hit that nostalgia nerve they make you feel nostalgia for things you've never, you've probably never even experienced for some reason. That's how I I'd describe boards of Canada. And, uh, no, just, I just described vaporwave. Like it's sample based ambient based on nostalgia. Pretty much like that's, that's how I describe uh vaporwave in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a great explanation. Yeah. When, what are your thoughts on the changes in the vaporwave community over the years? And uh, where do you see it going in the future? Um, so I'm a I'm a part of the uh, the post 2015 crew. I'm I'm a part of the 2016 crew. Uh, so I've seen a lot of changes. There's been a lot of things over the years. Where I see it going now, I genuinely can't say. Like I don't know. Uh, I see it going in a direction where maybe it's a bit more mainstream. Maybe mm-hmm. there's more people who are gonna who are gonna start listening to it who probably wouldn't be interested in in like electronic music or anything like that i think generally it's going it's 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 going in upward direction i will say that like george clanton when i see when i see george doing the stuff he's doing it it blows my mind it's so crazy to me that george is doing what he's doing like that it's like smaller guys like me it, it he's doing a lot is what I say about that. Like I, I don't think a lot of people who are even into vaporwave right now, like know who I am or or anything like that. But by virtue of George Clanton getting up there and doing what he's doing, people are going to find out about me by digging deep enough. Like, and that that's like, that's so important to to the scene in the community. I think, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like that's, that's so sick. Like, Every everyone can make vaporwave. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can make vaporwave, and that's that's another important thing about vaporwave. And I think that that that's going to be like the thing that that draws more people in. Because every day you see Mm -hmm. like a new artist here and there. Like that's that's so sick to me. That's another thing that's so sick about vaporwave is that the margin or the there's like no gatekeeping involved. Like you you sit there and you work on like good music, and then you like get in the community and you talk to people and you can just release music like straight up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll feel like maybe there is a bit of a gatekeeping or maybe ego or something, but like beyond that, there's not really like 
just make music and interact with people and, and you can get there like that's so sick the, the, the best part about vaporwave in my yeah. opinion is a community yeah absolutely oh i'm just looking at my vinyl collection here and i see power pc right there that orange yellow strip on yeah. the spine hell yeah it was calling me <laughs> you're gonna go back <laughs> and listen to, to it and you're gonna be like "Ooh, the mastering nice exactly <laughs> i might have to spin it yeah there you go Hmm. so while i was researching i came across uh when we talked about this before we started recording a little bit some of your uh interest in gaming and mm-hmm. um, specifically i know you play maybe half-life and things made by valve mm-hmm. um so tell us about some of your favorite games you know why you love them what video games do for you yeah so so with valve games specifically like i have my history on the internet sort of revolves around valve games for some reason mm. uh I, first of all i love half the half-life series is like it's hands down my favorite game series of all time it it's in my opinion the perfect single player experience like you it doesn't get any better than half-life the story is incredible it literally hasn't been finished yet which is mind-boggling to me uh didn't they finish no they released it i think right no we're we're still so there's half-life one half-life two half-life episode one half-life episode two Oh, I and, read you. Yeah, so episode two is left on a cliffhanger, a really massive one, and it never yeah. got finished, which yeah. is like a whole thing. Like, uh, but anyways, um, I got really into games because my brother, like, ever since I was young, we'd play like PlayStation One, Sega Dreamcast. Uh, we got a PlayStation Two, and my brother, uh, he he got an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and I would just go on it and like like look through the store and stuff and one time I, I i just saw like portal portal demo and i was like okay i'll download it and get it it's free it's a demo and it was like not realizing it was associated with valve yeah i had no idea what, what valve was at the time i think i knew what half-life one was but like not really much else mm-hmm. and so i downloaded it and i started playing it and it was like maybe four levels from it and i was like this is the greatest it was unlike any game i've ever seen before it, it was a completely different concept it blew my goddamn mind like straight up out of the water one um, of my favorite games for sure yeah portal 2 yeah portal 2 is fantastic but so i did more research and i was like i found out that oh portals from the orange box and you can get the orange box on the xbox and so i went i think i went we had like we we, we did a trip down to baltimore and I went with my cousin to the mall and I picked up a copy of a uh, orange box and I came home and I played, I played all the way through portal. I was my, I was like in awe. I was like, this is an incredible game played all the way through half-life two episode one, episode one, episode two, all the way through it. And like, that was like it for me. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to get a computer and I'm going to do more research on this. I had a really crappy computer at the time that literally was just good enough to just use the internet. Yeah. Not really play games. Uh, so I started playing games, like attempting to play games. I remember, uh, like me and my friend were getting really into computer games. Uh, shout out to Dan. (laughs) Uh, he, me and him were getting into like Minecraft and stuff. When Minecraft first came out before there was survival, 
there was just like creative like yeah. you could just go on your browser and you play like creative minecraft mm-hmm. and we bought minecraft just to play creative we weren't even playing survival we just play creative <laughs> and uh we just go on and play creative and stuff um so like around that time i was getting into steam and like buying games and stuff like that the first game i bought was i think gary's mod nice and any and like anything else to play gary's mod because at the time we like we loved the have you ever seen the video idiots of gary's mod yeah so me and my friend dan dan showed it to me and i was like this is amazing this is the best shit ever it's it's hilarious um so yeah we played gary's mod and stuff uh and it kind of went from there like I remember the idiots of Gary's mod guy guys. This is actually a really funny story. I haven't told before either. Uh, I mean, my friends know the story, but like mm-hmm. not online. Nobody online knows the story. So I made like parody videos. Like I was young, I was doing stupid things on the internet. I made like parody videos making fun of them. They're called Ikton, and like I made super embarrassing like Gary's mod parody videos of them, and they thought that shit was hilarious. So they invited <laughs> me onto their Ventrilo. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm on their Ventrilo. Nice. And uh, eventually, for some reason, I got, like, banned off of it. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, But years later down the line, uh, DJY, David, um, the guy who made the videos, like, we got back into contact. And this is when I I was, like, making music and stuff. And he was like, yo, could you make some music for me? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, for sure, dude. Like we've known each other, like we've known each other for years at that point, but like not really close friends. Yeah. We eventually became pretty close friends because of it. Mm-hmm. And I came back and started making music. If you go on YouTube and you watch Gary Idiots of Gary's Mod, I think 1.5 is like his latest Idiots of Gary's Mod video. There's bits and pieces of music that I made in there. Nice. Um the Where's Your Head At remix I did for that. <laughs> it's a, it's in the intro. Uh and uh there's like a mint royale remake that i did for that so he wouldn't get flagged uh so i did that too you'll you can find the it's all in that video nice um but yeah those guys are like close friends like internet history right there mm-hmm. um uh, beyond that too like i've met some of my friends because of it like there used to be this podcast called podcast 17 uh which was a podcast about valve of all things just only valve <laughs> So you get Valve news, mods. Yeah, Podcast 17. So City 17, right? Yeah, exactly. Like City 17. Um, The guy who ran it, his name was William. Uh, He's really dope. Uh, Shout out to William. I met other guys from there. Like, they'd had this Mumble server. I don't know if you know what Mumble is. It was like before Discord. There was Ventrilo. It's the better vent. Yeah, the better vent. Uh, Screw TS. Yeah, nobody used TeamSpeak except for my. My friends who are low key stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Mumble was amazing, uh, man. And Vent. Yeah, Mumble is great. You're bringing Vent was great too. You're transporting me back. It's, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, we'd hang out on Mumble on their Mumble, the podcast seventeen Mumble. And I met one of my closer friends now on there. Like he came on there because he he made mods for Half Life Two, and he'd like make these horror mods. And he got like interviewed by Podcast Seventeen, and he came on the Mumble. And we were talking, and he was like, oh, yeah, I live in Albany. I was like, no way. I live, uh, like, super close by to you. So we eventually, like, like hung out, and we started hanging out a lot and, like, the whole thing. And eventually, yeah, we became friends because of that. Nice. Shouts out to Half-Life 2 and, and Valve and stuff. I, I met a couple <laughs> friends because of it. 
my internet history. Yeah. And you still talk to those guys, right? Yeah. Pretty, I, I don't talk to a lot of the podcast 17 guys all too often, but I'll pop in and talk to them every once in a while mm-hmm. just cause like we're boys now. But, uh, some of them, like my, my closer friend, Jordan, I still talk to him a lot and his brother too. Like we're pretty damn close friends at this point. Like nice. Yeah. It's, some of my best friends. It sounds like you, you've been able to, um, keep a lot of the relationships, relationships you developed on the internet alive over the years, which I find actually quite challenging. I, there's so many people, 20, 30 people that I made friends with over the years on various platforms. And I don't know how to contact them now, you know? Yeah. It's, you know what I think it is like steam. I think steam for some reason, everyone just still uses steam. Mm. It's just been this thing that everyone uses, you know? So I could just go on my steams friend list and friends list and like, see all these guys who I used to hang out with and I could just message any of them, you know? Yeah, that's great. It's that easy, yeah. I find people change their names a lot on Steam though, so it's like, who's... How do I keep track? Yeah, who's who? That's why I have nicknames. <laughs> oh yeah, people. you can set nicknames. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I wish I did that back in the day. Right, dude? <laughs> see? But I didn't... I don't have most of those people on Steam anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Steam was like the convening point for a lot of like the gaming stuff. Oh yeah. But when it comes to games though, at least now to bring it all back, um, I play a lot like right now, usually Overwatch is my go-to game. I play cuz I have a group of friends that we play Overwatch with. Either that or Minecraft, like still to this day we'll play modded Minecraft. Just something low-key and chill to play. Mm-hmm. Pick up and play. Um yeah, exactly. Like I just jump into Minecraft and like relax and listen to music, mm-hmm. talk to somebody, and then just play Minecraft. Yo, hit me up um, if you ever need a another team member for Overwatch. Ooh, you play Overwatch? Okay, I, yeah, for sure, dude. I play everything. Um, not really lately over the past year. Like I'll jump in mm-hmm. here and there just because I'm so busy. But yeah, yeah if, same, if dude. I'll add you on Steam, and you'll yes. you'll shit your pants over my my like gaming history it's pretty crazy just because yeah, steam just wait to see my list too. oh i did <laughs> i did oh you did on that note there's a game called dark elf that i saw you oh, played oh no can we talk about that that's a funny <laughs> it's like a visual novel is it or, or what rpg I, I guess it was like an rpg all right i have to explain myself on this one because people are gonna look <laughs> this one up uh it's like val so Dark Elf. Like, what? Where, how is that? Yeah, so... <laughs> I I have a bunch of games on Steam, and I just find myself looking at the Steam store sometimes, and and I was looking through the Steam store, and I f- that one looked particularly garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, really bad. And I was like, this this looks terrible. It'll be entertaining. And it was like a... It, yeah. And I was like, alright, it's $2. What could possibly go wrong? I downloaded it, I realized it was, it was like a like a a porn game in a way. <laughs> like <laughs> if you downloaded a patch, it would like insert like these nasty scenes into the game, and like it had broken English. Like you could get to like sex scenes and stuff, and I was like, this is so terrible, yeah, and absolutely garbage. <laughs> I can't believe it. So like I got it and I got the patch and stuff, and then I streamed on on steam i remember with like friends i was like you guys got to see this shit yeah <laughs> and so i streamed on steam because you could like you can like join people's like broadcast view people's yeah. games yeah broadcast 
and so I had people join. There was like five people joining the broadcast, and I was sitting there playing it. And it was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It was the most degenerate thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I I don't want to get into details on what I saw in that thing, but if you look it up, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's absolutely disgusting. It's the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Did you beat it? No, I. No. The, the game is almost unbeatable. Like it was so broken. It was absolute garbage. <laughs> Playing games like I, that is so fun. There's some. There's a couple of YouTube channels where they just they go through. I forget the names, but they just they'll play the cringy games. Yeah, it's so good to watch. I recommend if someone, if anybody wants to attempt to beat it, please do it and record it and send me a video because I want to see how that game ends. I don't know if I think it was so broken people couldn't finish the game. Like it was so bad. We need closure on the story. Yeah, we do, and I'm not. I'm definitely not installing it and trying to play it again. I'm selling you right now. Yeah. Uh, so, did you ever play Black Mesa, the Half Life uh, yes. uh, One remake? That's what I, I played. All- when you said they didn't remake it or whatever, that's what I th- was thinking. Not Half Life Three, but yeah, yeah, Half-Life yeah. No, no, no. So, Black Mesa initially was uh, like released as like this mod that people were just working on, and they had like an initial like. It like just, it was just Half Life One, but like really like it looked really good, but it wasn't completed at the time. It was just a mod, mm. and upon recently, they're getting really close to finishing it. That like the last level needs to be finished. Yeah, yeah so I, I think they did that. The Alien World, right? Yeah, Zen. It hasn't been released Zen. yet. The, I yeah, it has. I swear to God, it has it. I I, look, I literally haven't looked in oh, such a long time. Google that shit real quick. Yeah, you can buy it for twenty dollars. Yeah, and the, so the game is released. Or like it's like open early access or whatever, but it hasn't. Um, they just need Zen to be finished. I'm pretty sure. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, they that, released a trailer for it. That's what it was. Yeah. So I'm kind of just waiting for it because I, I already played through it. I played ten hours of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazily enough, and uh, so they, Zen just needs to be released, and I'm doing another playthrough of it. I love this game so much. My friend, uh, shouts out to X Cuddy on Twitch. Uh, he's one of my really good friends. Uh, I bought it for him so he could play it on stream, and he played the whole thing on stream just because, like, he loves Valve games. And I was like, dude, this is a different experience. If you played Half Life One, this is like a whole new experience. Like, they changed so much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. I love Black Mesa. Love the guys working on it. It's so good. It's scary too. I jumped a million times trying to. Kill those stupid little head crabs. <laughs> the head crabs. The sound they make will haunt me forever. Yeah, for sure. The head crabs are something else. Yeah. I thought I saw that it was done. Maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong too. Maybe maybe it is done. I haven't looked in a while. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um so I'm pretty much out of questions. I only have a couple left. But uh, we've right. been talking for two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So we'll finish up. Um, but before I ask these couple questions, do you have any anything you want to say? Or maybe give any, you've given a lot of shout-outs in this episode. <laughs> um, I guess I will quickly shout-out the guys who are, uh, are going to be playing the show, the pre- uh, Electronicon little uh, VCC meetup. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3D Blast, shout out to him. Shout out to Wizards of Lonely, uh, Wizard of Loneliness. Uh, who 
else is going to be there. So there's going to be a mini show on the Friday, or is it the Saturday yep. before? No, no, it's the Friday. It's the 30th, I believe. Uh, what, what's the venue? It's going to be at Playground Coffee Shop like in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, yeah. It's going to be super sick. Sweet. Uh, yep, yep, yep. It's going to be a lot of folks there, I'm pretty sure. I think a lot of people already RSVP'd on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about that just to like hang out with everybody. I will announce here that I'm doing, a for the first time ever, a live Kmart set, which is... I, I've been planning it and trying to figure out how I'm going to do it, but I'm, it's going to happen and it's going to be really sick. Amazing. That's the thing that I didn't want to say earlier about Kmart. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I don't know if I should say that. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm working on a, a live set for it and it's going to be pretty damn special. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. I will definitely be there to see it. Hell yeah, dude. It's a nine hour drive for me though. So I got to leave at it's like gonna be worth it. 6 a.m. I know 3D Blast is also driving too, and he's he's leaving on that Friday as well. So And performing. Yeah, the, yeah, and performing. Oh, and uh, I'm pretty sure he has about the same like amount of hours dri- uh, yeah. driving. Yep. Crazy. Good luck, Randy. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Randy, dude. <laughs> so uh, what is your favorite piece of technology that you uh, maybe you use for your music or just in general. I saw you had and you were very excited for your Yamaha DX11 piano. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, piece of tech that I use. I use the MPC 2000 a lot. And yeah. I love that thing. I'm actually think I can't believe I'm going to do it. I'm thinking about selling it so I can get an SP404SX, but I don't know if I should. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm still debating on whether or not, because I love that. I love it so much. It's just massive, and I don't have a lot of space for it. So mm-hmm. um, I'd say either the MPC, but right now I'm really loving the Korg MS-20. That thing is fantastic. Uh, I, I I think at least right now for me that the Korg MS-20 is the piece of tech that I, that synth is just really sick. Nice. Wicked. Do you have any... Yeah, like I said, you've done a lot of collabs. Do you have anyone you'd love to collab with in the future? Like a gotta, dream collab. It's a, it's a long list. <laughs> oh damn! Um, dr- for sure, dream collab. Uh, I'd say I'd love to do something with George Clanton. That'd be so sick. Uh, Death Dynamic Shroud. That those guys are amazing. I'd love to do something with them. Like that'd be a, a dream come true. Um, Equip would be so sick to do something with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, I'd say that's the list for like up there. Mm-hmm. Would they happen? Maybe. Yeah. Probably not, though. Well, you um, never know. My twenty twenty yeah. is going to be a crazy year for vaporwave. Yeah, for sure. Like, Hopefully, we can all convene on that. That'd be so sick. But yeah, it's. I like, guess we'll see what happens. It's in like a exponential growth mode right now. It really is. It's, There's a lot of people joining in. It's crazy. Uh, what is your favorite media to consume Vaporwave on? Like mini disc, vinyl. Um, I think cassette, just because it's just like the OG format that everyone released stuff on. It's like it's super punk. Like anyone can do it. Anyone can get it. Mm-hmm. And that's I think Vaporwave has a real punk nature to it, where it's we're taking music that someone else made and making our own thing from it, like from nothing, from literally all we can get our hands on. 
Mm-hmm. So it's the same feeling with cassette. Like you could just get a bunch of blank cassettes and dub your music onto it and sell it. Like that. There's something so like dope about that, and I think cassettes just have that feeling to them. Like my hands down favorite vaporwave album of all time is On the Horizon by Digital Sex and Western Digital. Mm-hmm. It's my hands down favorite vaporwave album of all time. I don't care what anybody says. That's like it's in my opinion one of the best vaporwave albums of all time. In my opinion. Wicked. Um, that that listening to that on cassette is like perfect. It's, and I don't listen to vaporwave albums all that often, and I I need to like, but that album is like quintessential for me, and it it really blows my mind that not that many people know about it. Like, that is the album to boil down vaporwave into. It's like that. That's the album. Yeah, that's a fantastic album. I haven't heard it in a while. I'll have to yeah. go revisit. Digital sex. That, that album he's, makes me cry. He's crazy, man. He did that. Dude, I love him so much. Yeah, he's yeah. So dope. His one tape I really love. It's got the it's the blockbuster tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Like it's you know how you go and you'd rent the movie and the spine yeah. of the movie would just be this ar- arbitrary text from Blockbuster that just said like the codes for them to read it easily, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. didn't really advertise the film so sick that's a really Dude. neat tape yeah digital sex first of all is like he's so talented yeah he's amazing i love his shit so much he actually like shouted me out like a year ago or something he was like yo i love your music i was like well, let that's me, a lot for me let man. me tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude like i always i always like will mention him on twitter i'm like dude i love your music so much mm-hmm like his, his shit is so sick and I always tell everybody I'm like if you're getting into Vaporwave or if you're into Vaporwave and you haven't heard this album like what are you doing go listen to it yeah <laughs> do it yeah. pause this go listen to it right now yeah pause it go go listen to it yeah. right now Figure it that, that was released on adhesive sounds go listen to it right now mm-hmm. go buy the cassette on discogs or something like beg for a re-release because it's such a good album that could that could definitely get a re-release it should I don't know why it hasn't it yet. should it's an yeah, older tape sure, too like, Love that tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your ideal Sunday? My ideal Sunday. So every Sunday, me and my friends play Dungeons and Dragons online using Tabletop Simulator. Oh, sick. So my ideal Sunday is uh, getting up, eating some nice breakfast, chilling out, and then at 12 p.m. convening with my boys playing Dungeons and Dragons. Then the rest of the day is whatever, probably making some tunes, but mm-hmm. usually just chilling and relaxing. 12 p.m., time to take on the role of the wizard. Exactly. What? I got a, I got a character named Tony Nanu. He's a warlock. Warlock. Super sick. How long has that been? That game been going for? This campaign's been going for like a year and a half at this oh, point, probably. Shit. And my, my every friend, week? the DM. Yeah, every week we'll, we'll do it. Dude, that's like... Yeah. S- over a year you've had at least 60 sessions yeah we've had a lot of sessions and like, it's always huge. like packed sessions like a couple hours long like really dope shit my first of all shouts out to austin the, dun- <laughs> the dungeon master how does he come up with yeah. that for holy Dude, crap let me tell you he he like he we've had other campaigns and all the campaigns somehow connect together and he hasn't told us how and he every week he comes out with new comes up with new material that connects together. It's always cohesive. It's always super in depth and super sick. Like he loves Dungeons and Dragons so much, and like he puts a lot of work into it. We all show like 
sometimes people don't show up. He gets mad for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But like, I try to show up every week. Like, I love it. Just sitting there and like getting in character, and and rolling and doing stuff. He gets mad at me sometimes because like I'll like, I have like ADHD or something. Like I'll just start like get distracted and not pay attention. He'd be like, "Roll, roll for it. What what are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in combat and stuff, but yeah, yeah, no, like. That's my Sundays, man. Like every Sunday, we we convene, play some Dungeons and Dragons. That's so awesome. I I used to do that. I really miss it. You should go back to it, dude. Well, it's, I'm waiting on so my goddamn fun. dungeon master. Yeah, dude, <laughs> get get on him, hound him. <laughs> we have like people. He was really into it, and then people didn't show up, and then I was still really into it. But then you know, life got in the way for like a month or two. And then he yeah. he never he never picked it back up. He's so into it, but I think he's just still butthurt. Yeah, that's usually what happens is people people start doing things, and it, you can never get everyone together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened with with our older campaign. We used to actually do it at his house, but shit happens. People get in the like shit gets in the way. Like people stop coming. But but now we do it online, so it's like no excuse. You got to sit in your underwear and like play Dungeons and Dragons at home, like. <laughs> just show up you know yeah yeah exactly i used to uh use um roll 20 yeah roll 20 is sick yeah that was a lot of fun but yeah we tabletop use, um, simulators better yeah we use tabletop simulator and D beyond mm-hmm. to like have our character sheets and stuff on there yeah super sick sweet yeah I, I wish i wish i could join you that sounds like such a fun journey like your characters have been alive for 60 fucking yeah that's, well that's so cool some of our characters have been alive for that long yeah <laughs> yeah i've died <laughs> i've died once already <laughs> this is my new character my old character died oh no man that was it was like an insane fight and it was like he he used a very high level spell on me and it got blocked once, and then the second time he could use it twice, and he used it again. And every time he rolled, it landed on me, and he was like, "All right, that's damn. The numbers say it. You're dead, dude." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh fuck, man, uh, that sucks." And then one yeah, time, the, the spell like kills you, dude. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bye. Yeah, um, pretty much. One time, my my friends and I were playing, and we had this one friend who's like he gets bored really easy so he always tries to break the game which is a pain in the ass for the dungeon master mm-hmm. so there was one point we were in a cave or something and there was a dragon there and he was sleeping and he wasn't we weren't like uh it didn't really notice us and he's just like i'm gonna go fight the dragon and oh, he no. he died <laughs> and then we just <laughs> we just left him we didn't even make a new character for him we're just like dude because the you're DM, messing with he, it, dude? The, you're dead, dude. Yeah, the DM just killed him, right? He's like, okay, fuck off with this bullshit. Let's just play the <laughs> game. Get rid of this guy. <laughs> that will <Yeah>. be set. <laughs> For real, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, you can't you can't be doing that. You're sabotaging the game. Yeah. I think he had a plan or he had like a sort of move where he tried to do something that made the dragon like forget or go to sleep or something. I forget, mm-hmm. but it didn't yeah. work. So <laughs> Yikes, dude. Yeah. And he didn't have it luck on his side. Like, the dice were against him. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good old D&D. Yeah. If anyone plays D&D, give us a shout. Yeah, for sure. Tell also, us I'd your... invite you to our campaign, but I'm pretty sure we're, like, maxed out. We have, like, eight people or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, an insane number of people. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe we'll get a private suite campaign going one day. Ooh, I'd be down for that. A vapor themed. Vaporwave D and D sesh. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it for me, my friend. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. I uh, will. Oh, I have one thing to say though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're thinking about getting the endless summer vinyl, I will say this: since the sales weren't that good, we like we usually kind of expect stuff like vapor vinyl to sell out pretty fast, but this kind of didn't which was a little upsetting but it was like eh, whatever um there is only 200 copies of that the red version and only 100 of the blue version i will say i'm probably never going to press that album again so mm. if you want to get a copy if you like the album i recommend getting it pretty soon because once it's gone it's gone like straight up yeah uh that is something i definitely probably not going to press again and i have said that in the past before about kmart but too many people like Kmart. I can't do that to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you've got new stuff in the works now, right? Yeah. So there's going to be some new. So if you like endless summer stuff, like for sure, there's going to be more stuff. But the for, as as for the fate of endless summer on vinyl, that will probably be the only pressing of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you have enough for um, a, the good majority of our listeners to pick one up. Yeah, still. absolutely. If you're so, interested, get it. Yeah. Sweet. We get a couple hundred listens for each, depending. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Everybody, def- definitely follow this man. His Twitter feed is it's pretty cool. And you've been doing that like hardcore for day day in, day out. Yeah, I try to. I try to at least shitpost a little bit on Twitter to keep it funny. But Yeah, it's more I'll, exciting. I'll tweet here and there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, thanks for having me on. This has been super sick. I li- th- this is like my first like voice interview ever, just saying so. Oh, it's really? It's pretty cool for me. You yeah, have a fantastic voice for it. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Anytime. And th- yeah, yeah th- thanks again for coming on the show. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Have me on again, dude. That's what I was about Talk to about say. More we'll, stuff, dude. we'll definitely do a round two. Maybe, yeah. maybe after your new material surfaces. For sure. Yes. Sweet. Cool. Well, until uh, until 100% Electronicon. Yeah, I'll see you there. And I'll, I'll see s- everyone who's going. I'll see you there, too. For sure. Come up. Give me a hug. I will, I'm welcome to all hugs. Anyone who, no- who notices me or sees me, come up to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly recommend it. We sure will. Well, have a good night. Yep. Good night. And, uh, yeah, well, I'll talk to you again soon. Yep. See you later. Cheers. All right. That was my interview with Power PC Me. It was a lot of fun. And, wow, that was long, like almost two and a half, two, at least two hours. Um, but it didn't feel long. It felt great. It felt good. And so definitely check him out on Twitter, on the Twitterverse and Bandcamp. He's got a lot of good stuff. He, his music is amazing. So definitely check it out. And his new album, a lot of the music you heard today is from his new record. Uh, that first song, did you hear the bass? Like, how did he do that? <laughs> Go back and listen to that bass. It's crazy shit. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow us on Patreon, uh, Instagram, Twitter. If you want a magazine, sign up on the Patreon, like a physical. And if you want it digitally, you can go to our website. And we have them all up there for free. 
And if you want a PDF to throw on your mobile device or something, uh, you can do that as well on our Patreon. I think it's three bucks. Yeah, three bucks. So you can grab that too. And we have issue eight coming out soon. It's a very, very exciting issue. It's got a cool little theme to it. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. And as always, we're going to leave you with some music, more from his new record, and one of his songs from the Kmart record we talked about. Let's see if you can find out which one it is. All right. Have a good night or day or morning, or depending on where you are, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>